Some of the content of Patriots Unfiltered may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world's original podcast. Welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. Open it up to our emailers and our callers and see what they want to talk about. Really anything. What are you watching on TV? Oh what movies gosh. have you seen? I feel like we're going to get back to, onto a soap conversation. Something wrong with that? You got a problem with that? A soap conversation? Yeah. Uh, you think you're better than me? And then locally, you know, uh, with the other teams, big trade for the Celtics. Uh, Bazinga <laughs> coming to Boston. Bazinga. Rhode Island drivers are the worst drivers because the state is so small they don't get enough practice. What is going on? First of all, I find that very disrespectful. If there's a big distance between Mm, you and the car, that's disrespectful, too. Did you ever see anybody who finds disrespect (laughs) in more places than Fred Curry? This brings up another pet peeve of mine. People not knowing how to use roundabouts. We call them rotaries. They're called rotaries. Okay. Car in front of you, you, with the light turns green. And it takes how how long? long do you wait? Yes. Do you yeah. use your horn, friend? Yeah. People in the left lane who drive the exact speed limit or below. It's just soap with a slot. She's interested in nonsense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. not your nonsense. Yeah. This is Patriots Unfiltered. Patriots Unfiltered. Something tells me we're going to have a little time for some more nonsense uh, this week. Uh, it's a skeleton crew here, to say the least. <laughs> Whoa. With, uh, with with Paul Perillo. Who had Paul Perillo being one of the only ones in at this time of year with Evan Lazar? And we brought Tease down for oh, a yeah. quick uh, cameo appearance that. this week. Matisse Bauman uh, from upstairs oh, coming yeah. in. Coming in hot. Uh, yeah, I think we'll have um, some. A li- we'll we'll try to to start off at least with some football. with some Patriots talk, <laughs> some football, football talk oh, yeah. in general. Um, hopefully, um, the weather's been so miserable around here that hopefully at least our local followers are are paying attention and and they're tuning into to our Patriots Unfiltered. We'll get plenty of uh, calls and emails. We're going to do this a little differently today without Fred because Fred's on vacation. Normally, he steers the the ship. We're going to have Evan handle the emails, hopefully. We're, yes. we're experiencing some technical difficulties right now. And um, Paul via Matt <laughs> <laughs> is going to handle the, the call screener. So uh, write in, call in. We're um, always looking for some interaction with our, our favorite fans. Uh, just coming off the weekend, we, I, I think we'll start with DeAndre Hopkins. But before we get into any of that, guys, uh, you know, what, what's going on? What haven't talked to you guys. So, h- how was the weekend? Weekend was good. I, I think we should mention that Fred and Deuce are both on vacation, which tells me that you know we're the poor ones that can't afford to go on vacation <laughs> in this yeah. room right here. Uh, Fred is on the Cape, right at at his oh, mansion yeah. on the Cape, and. I believe Deuce is in Hawaii. Deuce is in Hawaii. I thought it was yeah. L.A. to Hawaii. Uh, L.A., right. Hawaii, yeah, I think L.A., at, at this point, Boston, I think, he's, I think. I think he's in Hawaii now. Yes. A couple on, pina coladas. Actually, Deuce, have a high noon. You know? Maybe he should call in a couple of high noons deep and see where it goes. Uh, the wind be, in the background. That would be great. There, there. Do we even know what time it is in Hawaii? Yeah, it's probably like 6 a.m., right? Oh, right, right. Time. Ch- I, I'm not good with time changes. I'll Google it. Google it. Oh, yeah. So there was, uh, I would say, not necessarily any breaking news or anything. I don't want to overstate it. But there was a, a, a little furthering of the DeAndre Hopkins story this morning, I thought, because Sal Palantonio, who I think is a pretty respected ESPN guy, you know, one of the longer tenured uh, members of the NFL media at ESPN, he was on ESPN radio this morning, and he sort of expressed his thought that uh, I think that they were asked him that specifically about Hopkins to New England 
and he felt he I think he injured I believe so yeah uh, he thinks that's going to end up being that way but he did add uh, some wrinkles to the story which I don't think if you guys correct me if I'm wrong I hadn't heard but a couple of other teams in Cleveland and Carolina that lurking lurking expected to make a push you never want to be lurking that's creepy well I worry about teams like that and I'll tell you why especially Carolina team that's sort of looking to get out of the doldrums is maybe willing to go a little bit further than you are mm-hmm. yeah uh, they have a, an owner with as deeper pockets as any in the NFL and they have a number one overall pick quarterback in Bryce Young that they're going to want to get some, you know some weapons around um, so I worry about a team like Carolina even though I know a lot of people you know, listening to the talk radio this morning, just sort of laughed off the Panthers. I was like, mm, I don't laugh those. I don't laugh those guys off. Seems but like he just wants to get paid too. Just uh, so. curious on your thoughts and what do you, what do you guys think of the Sal Pal? Uh, I won't call it a report, but his comments on the radio. Well, another connection to to Carolina is that's where he's from. He's from the Carolina area. Went to Clemson, so he's from that neck of the woods. So maybe it is a little bit like Stephon Gilmore going to the Panthers a couple years ago as. Uh, homecoming of of sorts but I'm with you that the two things that you have to worry about with Hopkins if you're a Patriots fan is one a contender like Buffalo or Kansas City opening up the room to be able to bring him in or someone outbidding you that is at least in the ballpark or in the same sort of vicinity I think the Patriots have a little bit more aspirations than the Panthers just because it is year one of Bryce Young and we'll see what he brings to the table but I I don't think there's much of a question I think last week I sort of irritated some people by suggesting that Tennessee and New England not all that different. Yeah. I think the Patriots are a clear uh, step above where Carolina is. The only thing about Carolina is they play in a terrible division that anybody could win. Yep. Yeah. They, uh, the Browns has been out there a little bit because of Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. and because of his relationship going back to Houston with Deshaun Watson. So Deshaun Watson had a press conference during OTAs where he said – love to have him right i love to be to team up with him again and 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 they did talk about it but uh mary Kay cabot came out and said the browns are not interested yeah and i saw florio sort of um furthered that a little bit this morning saying you know watson continues to say it but the browns reportedly are not interested well they've made a lot of moves in that room you know they've added amari cooper they added elijah moore this offseason so they've already tried to stack that wide receiver room so i think that they're looking to see what do we have here first before they they will go ahead and make a move like that yeah pretty much as long as he doesn't go to a contender in the afc i don't care either come to the patriots or go to carolina oh that's interesting because now <laughs> I, I i know you listen to the shows tease when you're not uh a part of them Everton, i think is probably the strongest of our group uh in the pro ca- column for hopkins uh, but we all want him. fred yeah. mike myself we all want him. I think Evan's probably the strongest, but you seem a little bit more. No, I mean, I, I want him almost for a point that I'd rather him here than go anywhere else. But, I mean, he's a top ten receiver in the league. And when he's healthy, mm-hmm. I mean, top five. So, yeah. I think he brings something we don't have and changes the complete offense. So Yeah, I mean, I I, I look at it from two. I'm, I'm going to be fully transparent. I have two reasons to want this. One is because of what he – potentially could bring to the football team and and make an impact there but quite frankly it's also just more interesting to to have him here for us and it would be more it would be more exciting to cover a team that has a star receiver you know when evan comes back from practice we'll actually have news (laughs) we'll have wednesdays like he won't practice those veteran wednesdays but no it, it just 
it makes the team more exciting. It creates more buzz around the team. And although I don't think Bill Belichick gives uh, two Fs about that, I, I do think that the overall buzz and confidence that you get from making a move like that coming into training camp it, people might have a little bit more pep in their step around the building if all of a sudden it feels like all right we got a, something really brewing here now we have guys that we already like in that receiver room in the tight ends and Ramondre and now all of a sudden you add Hopkins to that mix as well and Bill O'Brien's back there's a little bit more confidence and I think that that's something that this team really lacked last year in that locker room was belief, uh, continuity, just understanding what they're doing and belief in what they're doing. And I think that that can go a long way when you start to add some of these bigger names and star power to the room. Well, it also gives the opposing defenses somebody to actually game plan for. No, uh, no question. <laughs> and, and right now it's Ramadre Stevenson. You That's know, it. You know, and, and to a lesser extent, I, w- I would say – uh, based on what we saw this spring, you're probably going to be more prepared for the two tight end looks than than maybe you have uh, in the recent past with Kasicki and, and Hunter Henry. But yeah, I mean DeAndre Hopkins is a guy that the other teams are going to have to say, okay, we where's our number one corner? We're going to have to make sure yeah. that we find ways to make sure that we're matching up our best personnel on Hopkins yeah, because he would clearly be the the number one option. He opens it up for the rest of the team, which yeah. I feel like we haven't had that in so long. So Yeah, I, I that's that's why I've been higher on it more than anything is more the the trickle down effect than necessarily that Hopkins is going to come in and be a 1500-yard receiver like he was in his prime. It just slots everybody into the right order in the pecking order and then you also have guys like Juju and guys like the two tight ends that want to win in the middle of the field and in order to win in the middle of the field you got to give them something to respect on the outside now I think a lot of us are hoping that that might be Tyquan Thornton but Hopkins I think just brings a little bit more uh, cachet certainly a little bit more experience and and real uh, production in the league than Thornton and I, I still think that they work well together because I think Thornton is kind of like that Will Fuller take the top off the defense type and Hopkins is still more of that possession receiver so I love all the combinations that you can come up with with those two and you mentioned the two tight ends which I I think is fascinating that since 21 and 21 and 22 uh, the Patriots were 25th in the league in two tight end usage despite paying Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry what they are paying them I, I still need to see a fully healthy wide receiver room and them using 12 personnel as much as they did in the spring because yeah. they did it in the spring but I think a lot of that was because the veteran receivers were could be in and out could be yeah it, it's funny that you it just when you were talking about despite what they paid Henry and Smith there was a conversation on EEI this morning with Greg Hill and Jermaine Wiggins and they were going back and forth on you know Greg Hill really wants Hopkins you know kind of like we do and he doesn't really understand, like, if, if it's just money, why wouldn't you just pay the money, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, Wiggy says that, you know, he'll do it if Robert lets him do it. And, you know, they're sort of going back and forth. And Greg Hill's point is like, but, Bill, it's it's sort of against Bill what he wants to do. He doesn't want to overpay and blah, blah, blah. And this is what's frustrating because he won't do it. He goes, what have you ever seen? He actually said this. When have you ever seen Bill overpay for a free agent? And I'm thinking to myself, I have like seven off the top of my yeah. head from two years ago. Like, yeah. how did you not say like that Jonu Smith was overpaid in free agency? Like, yeah, Nelson Aguilar. I, 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 I find it interesting like, that that people think that they've never done that before. Because I, I, you, you get yes. that a lot. That oh, no, they don't, they don't spend like that. They don't hand out the. 
I mean, did they not do that with Stephon Gilmore? Well, some, I was did, just going to say, right? some of them, they're right. Right. They, I mean, they, they, they went out and they were aggressive with Gilmore, yeah. and they were right. Right. Or, you know, I know it kind of... Judon's, pro- they've probably been proven right. Judon was a good one. Like, I know it is similar in some ways to this Hopkins situation, Darrell Revis. Like, they went out and paid, at least for one year, they paid Darrell Revis a... Obviously, we remember some of the the ones where they missed a little bit, like Adelius Thomas. You know, like they, yeah. But they've done it before. But it's a perfect example of what I what I always talk about. Like, I don't care necessarily. I mean, l- l- there's a limit. I'm not telling yeah. you 100. percent I don't care what they pay if the guy can play. Right. And you know, like Matthew Judon is a perfect example. I think they overpaid for Matthew Judon. I probably still think that. I don't care. Yeah. He's been a very productive player for you. So if they gave him, you know, and maybe it's, you know, maybe they paid just perfect for him, you know, based on what he's produced. But I don't think anybody would go back and look and say, oh, geez, that Gilmore contract, that really hurt him. Yeah. Like, they, you know, he was a terrific number one corner for you who helped you win it, you know, get to one and one and then win another. Yeah. Like defensive player of the year, too. I, I just don't know why you would sit there and, and – you know, fret about how much money these guys are costing. Yeah. As long as it, they can play. Now, you know, the John o. Smith, that, that that hurts. Right. Because you paid him money and he didn't produce. Yeah. That's that's the problem. Yeah, I think the interesting thing with Hopkins is the timing. If this, if Hopkins had become a free agent in March Gone. and there's a ton of cap space around the league and it's a bidding war for him and there's five, six, seven, eight teams interested in his services, then I would say the Patriots were not going to win that bidding war or be in that mix this is a really it's it's similar with dalvin cook like it you don't see players of that caliber come be available on june 27th a whole lot and when they are there's reasons for it and i think that that's something that this is almost a now it's almost a bargain. Like now it's, they're almost getting a deal. They're almost swindling the rest of the league because they are, were able to get DeAndre Hopkins on July 1st when everybody else went and overpaid guys back in March. So I think that that's how they view it sometimes is that now all of a sudden, even if they have to pay DeAndre Hopkins $15 million next year, it's all it's suddenly a great deal right because you got him when you got him it's post june one it's after the comp picks it's it wasn't in a huge bidding war because a lot of the cap space has dried up but the, another interesting thing you just mentioned judon you see some of that 33rd team stuff that belichick did uh with in that interview and one of the things they asked him about judon or he brought up judon and he mentioned that judon is their highest paid player on their roster and we we talked about this with fred a lot about that does that worry you? That hierarchy. It worries me. It worries. <laughs> I know me. everything. Everybody's gonna make fun of me, and, and rightly so, because everything worries me. It, it worries, worries me, me because that tells me that he's cognizant of we're paying Judon as the highest paid player on our roster right now because Judon is representative of that. That was his point. He was like, he's a great football player, right. and he's been a great foot soldier for us, and that that's why yeah. we made yeah, him. Yeah, he was saying that as a. As compliment a, yeah uh, yeah complimenting the player right and kind of themselves like we see we, yeah. we went out and got this guy we targeted this guy yeah. and, and he's produced what i worry about is that sets the bar right that sets the salary right. structure so no one makes more than judon correct and i and i you know I, I don't like doing it that way it's one thing if you have a patrick mahomes right tom brady for years here you know 
he's only making 16 million i think yeah. it is a year so it's not like it's one of these huge 25 million dollar contracts but if you're going to pay judon 16 and he's the representation of if we're going to have a big money player this is what, what we want the guy to do he's he's great he's great in the mm-hmm. locker room he's been terrific. he's great with us he's obviously performs out on the field he stays healthy and and plays you know the entire season those types of things are some of the concerns that people have about deandre hopkins so they're not going to make deandre hopkins a higher paid player than matthew judon that's not happening and that's because that's the structure that they've set up so you know i don't know if they'll make anybody a higher paid player right and that that's the part that worries me yeah. but you know i'm not going to as as my buddy felger likes to say i'm not going to kill them for something they haven't done yet uh so i'll wait but evan brought up uh in the middle of that um dalvin cook and i also yep. wanted to get to him tease uh you know he's another free agent obviously a very productive running back had some some injury history much like all running backs what are your thoughts on I'm, Cook? i'm so split i low-key hate him because he cost me a fantasy season <laughs> but that's a different well, as story as, as long as there's a good reason um no honestly with with dalvin cook i i think running backs are complimentary so almost more than deandre hopkins like i don't want dalvin cook to go to the dolphins like that completely switches up the game i i, I like ramondre i think he could be an every down back and dalvin cook that'd be a great one-two punch but it's almost like just get him to keep him out of the the division or the conference i think that's a dangerous game to play when you when you're starting to sign players so other teams don't sign them i mean i understand what people you know are thinking in miami but i I think that's an offense that the running back i don't think they need dalvin cook is he 27 27 27 that's just i mean that's the he's coming off an injury there's definitely some he's smoke probably there. got a couple more years. Yeah, another another year or two of of, of big production. But so are you going to sign him to a big two year contract, a one year deal? Like it's, it's it's so difficult with running backs because you can get a the, re- the a market in the fourth round. So there's definitely some smoke there with the Patriots. I think his agent right now is trying to put every team he possibly can put out there uh, to kind of drum up a market. Yeah. But I, I do think the Patriots have at least inquired uh, on Dalvin Cook, definitely. and I think the biggest reason why is. Behind Ramondre, you know, Ty Montgomery hasn't had over 200 scrimmage yards since 2018. No, I know he's, he's not. He's not necessarily a reliable player, even though we right again, much like we said this time last, we see why people like him. Yeah, but it's been five years. It's impressive to watch since he's been like an actual NFL. Him in 2016 was next level. <laughs> yeah, it, but it, he's he's been five years since Ty Montgomery's been a piece yeah. in an NFL offense. You have no idea really what Kevin Harris and and Pierre Strong are at this level. Now, I'm a guy that I think running backs don't matter. I think they're interchangeable for the most part. I think that you can cycle through the Pierre Strongs and pass the torch from Damian Harris to Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris to the next group. But with that being said, I don't think that they necessarily view it that way. I think that they've always prioritize some depth there and some experience there they do and again it's like with deandre hopkins dalvin cook is available on on june 27th and that's a player that maybe does move the needle for you and maybe does give you a a real one-two punch with ramondre where they can kind of trade off and then both of those guys stay healthy uh, towards the end of the year i'm reluctant with it because i don't want to overpay a running back i especially one that's had a ton of carries over the last couple of years and that he is redundant 
to Ramondre. Like, I don't think you can play them together. Like, well, I don't think you're going to be running yeah, two that's t- why running backs. I'm yay them. on Hopkins. I'm nay on, the, on Cook. There are yeah. other running backs out there, too. Like, we signed James Robinson. Obviously, we let him go. But, like, yeah. I would have rather taken Jet McKinnon. Like, he's out there. I James think so. White I think role. he actually went back to the Chiefs now. Did he? Yeah. Oh, I thought so, I just saw him. He was still out listen, there. Listen, if you're going to come in and step in as a sub, you got to know. <laughs> you got to know your role. I could be wrong about that. No, I, don't, I, I, have no, I have no idea. He's still so, there. So the big names are, are obviously Dalvin, uh, Leonard Fournette, and Zeke Elliott. Yeah, I know. Those are Fournette too, right? is one yes. that I've always had in the back of my mind because the Patriots had that little sort of dalliance with him. Yeah. Was it last year? A like, couple like when the, he went when he signed with Tampa two years ago. Yeah. If if. Brady isn't in Tampa, then he's probably a Patriot and not a Buck, Leonard Fournette. So they, they've they shown some interest, but to me, would you rather pay Dalvin Cook? You got me also. He resigned oh, with the Chiefs. Yeah. You got me. Yeah, I like I like Cook better than Fournette. <laughs> okay, a, but would you player. rather pay Cook 6 to $8 million for next year or Fournette 2? Is Fournette in shape? I'm going to probably go Cook. Just because yeah. I think he's that much better of a player, but That's I understand. Fair. I understand your point totally. Right. Um, and like, and I always come off as the like, don't care about the cap guy. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you do have to care about it. Like, if you have a a chance to get, you know, ninety percent of the production for you know thirty percent of the cost, then yeah, I mean, those right. kinds of I, things I have just, to come into play. I just worry about. Cook is a is a volume back, and to get the most out of somebody like Dalvin Cook, he needs to be carrying the ball fifteen to twenty times a game. And how many times are you going to run it? Between you know, there's only that's one why I, I'm not overly interested in Cook because I do think he's probably a better player than Stevenson, but at this stage, maybe not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine with Stevenson being the every down guy. And can you have two every down guys? Like right. it's <laughs> kind of doesn't make sense. Yep. Yeah. Right. So. I, I like Dalvin Cook. I've always liked I loved, loved, loved him coming out of Florida State. Um, I think he's a good piece. I know that you don't want to see him go. I think he's a good piece for one of those teams, a Buffalo or, or a uh, Miami, Miami. Miami does scare me the same as Tease, not to the point where I'm, I'm jumping at him just to keep him away from the Dolphins, but his agent has made the rounds the last couple of days. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he mentioned that he played in that state and he's, you know, had some – memories at that stadium and, uh, and i think they can he, use running backs yeah. really well and i think that they've they did it last year with wilson and mm-hmm. mostert but the yeah. problem with both of those guys is they can never stay healthy yeah um so you add another really good one who it's has a great some durability issues too. yeah it's yeah. a great scheme fit he with in minnesota they come from a similar tree you know the north turner west coast offense with the outside zone it's not exactly one for one but it's pretty close didn't, and didn't miami also didn't they draft the kid from texas a&m a cane yes yeah the speedy the speedy kid yeah how many running backs they need because they well they that, that whole system they just they just want somebody that can fly right yeah. that's like why most are so good in that scheme yes. when he's healthy yes is because if you can run a four three eight and we get that cut back for you and you're gone you know that's all they're trying to create now mcdaniel's talked about a little bit you know regrets from last year and how it kind of fell apart on them late in the year and he has said that they've he felt like they should have ran the ball more running enough yeah i I definitely felt that watching the late season game against green bay the last concussion that tua suffered uh, i felt like they dominated that game and they they were on the verge of blowing green bay out at every left, at, at you know, at every turn, they kept, and then somehow they just found a way to have it be a close game at the end, and they lost it. And I thought that was part of it. I thought the play calling was a little out of whack in that game. Yeah, but 
you know, uh, so Dalvin Cook and, and Hopkins are on the table, and, and you guys are right. There's been a lot of smoke with it. I think there's a lot of smoke with Hopkins' agent, too. I think, you know, throwing – I mean, we haven't heard anything about Carolina yeah, until no. Sal Pal throws it out there today. So I do, at the same time, wonder, is this just a ploy? Like, is it a done deal with the Patriots? And the Patriots said, well, you know, we'll sign you for X. We'll give you 10. We'll give you 11, whatever. You know, take it or leave it. And the you know, and the, the agent's just like, yeah, well, all right. Let's get a little bit more. We can get a little bit more. If we can get a couple more teams out there. Uh, you know, hey, Sal, Carolina, <laughs> they're lurking. He, he, you he know, uh, I, yeah, I, I do I'm wonder if this part of that. I mean, he just signed this agent. Like, he just started working with this agent. Uh, I think it's a clutch sports agent, yeah. if I remember correctly. And uh, they, they just when he got released by Arizona he was unrepresented uh, unrepresented before that and so he signs with an agent immediately once he hits free agency and now all of a sudden there's a market for him out there at least from the media so, perspective so if this happens with all these veteran free agents you think it happens beginning of training camp or more end of training camp like they don't want to do they just don't want to do camp I think probably earlier than yeah. later I don't know like right at the start yeah. but I would think you'd want to at least get some yeah you know, some time in the preseason that yep. you're here, especially those joint practices. Yeah, I think with Hopkins, because of his familiarity with Bill O'Brien, he doesn't necessarily need to be here right away. But I think that they would want him here by by Green Bay week like, by those joint practices. Yeah, like if he were like to miss most, if not all, of training camp. I mean, I, I, I don't know about you with receivers. All I think of is hamstring pull. Yeah, mm-hmm. or uh, just timing. You know, with you know? the quarterback too. Like he's not the receiver that's necessarily he's not Tyreek Hill he's not going to create five yards of separation and run behind the defense so you know on back shoulders on in cuts like you need to have that timing down with Mac Jones and even though he probably knows the playbook already because of playing for O'Brien in Houston he still needs to get that relationship with the quarterback I think as long as he's ready to practice by the time they go to joint practices in Green Bay it's it's fine, but I agree. Yep. I, I think those give first me, give me one of those sets at least of joint practice. Yeah, I think that first week of training camp, you know, that you have the three non padded or light padded days, he and then no, he's he's not <laughs> gonna. Don't I don't think <laughs> he. <laughs> I don't think that he wants those. Like I don't. I don't think he really is is all hell bent on being here for those. All right, Matt. Let's um let's look at the phone lines and give Evan a little time to sort of uh, check out can we check out emails yeah. and maybe you can, yeah, you can got, do the Fred do. and pretend that you're listening but not really be listening mm-hmm. uh, yep. Fred's got a gift for that so uh, let's uh, let's lead off with our calls here Matt and go to the, uh, the the phone lines with Todd in North Carolina so you know guys I asked the other week about the running back and you guys kind of poo-pooed me and now I hear on catch 22 about the running back and everything else and I'm like what these guys they dismissed my question and now they're spending tons of time why are you dismissing questions I don't know must have been in a bad mood Evan got me back on the PU thing with this just wait even like you know curmudgeons like Paul like see that's what got me back on there so there's a little bit of I uh, did call Paul a curmudgeon I'm gonna let you guys that could happen now to that, bye guys. Are we playing audio now? What? What is it? Was this? Uh, I'm very like confused. this. This whole society. Paul didn't ask for it. This whole society has turned into the like <laughs> just like you said something I don't agree with, and I'm going to make fun of you. And then what I'm going to do most is not just make fun of you. Yeah, I'm going to show that you were making fun of someone else, and I'm going to try to get you in trouble. All I said was that even. 
a curmudgeon like Paul wants them to sign DeAndre Hopkins. That's all. And you're, you would fully admit. <laughs> I want that, DeAndre Hopkins. That you want DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins. And you also fully admit that usually you're kind of negative. So, <laughs> I, see, I think negative is a strong word. And I think curmudgeon is a really strong word. But <laughs> I, I, I play a role. Um, but what I do try to do is rather than, like, I'm not. And this is where, you know, and this will come back and haunt me. Now, the next yeah. guy who calls in will have the audio clip of me sort of painting all of the writers with a broad brush. I do not necessarily buy conventional wisdom. So if that makes me like a contrarian, I don't mean to be a contrarian. That's, that's probably a better word than, a, than like negative. I, I don't like when things are just generally universally accepted. Like, you know, you know, you don't want to overpay for them. Like, what is overpaying? Like, I always, that, I always push back with. When a guy makes whatever, he, whatever someone gave him, that's what some, that's what he was worth. That's what he got. You know, your value is what someone's willing to give you. Yeah. And if you don't end up playing to that level, then that's a problem. I you think know, I think John like, Smith, not to pick on John Smith, John Smith is, didn't play to the level of what he got paid. And it's a perfect example because of the length of the contract. If you give DeAndre Hopkins a one-year, $15 million deal and it doesn't work out, the only thing that it's kind of impacting cap-wise is 2023. Smith, the, when you give three, four-year deals with a lot of guaranteed money, now he's carrying a dead cap So this number. is good, though. This is good because that's a good example. So what's going to happen when DeAndre Hopkins signs? How do you think it's going to be universally taken oh, among the Patriots media? And I, I want him, so I'm not trying yeah. to be a fraud here. They're going to love it. But I will look at it from all sides. And this is why I would push back with – because I know I, like, I play a role here. Okay? <laughs> this is why I push back on the negative yeah. connotation because okay. I, I don't mean it to be – what I do is I'll look at it and say, this is what I wanted. I'm not always right. Yeah. Sometimes I'm wrong with things that I want to happen when they do them, right? Are we all? So let's just say for argument's sake, he comes in here, and everybody's like, this is great. They got a number one receiver. Well, what if it really pisses off Devontae Parker and he's gone or annoys Kendrick Bourne, and you don't get anything out of them? What if, even worse to me than those two examples, somehow it stunts the growth of Tyquan Thornton? Like, these things can happen. Yep. Yeah. You know, nobody will look at those things. And when I say nobody, I don't mean literally 0%. But very few will analyze that move and how it would affect everybody else without saying, well, who cares what they think? You know, well, I'm trying to create a good wide receiver core, not just have one guy. Like, I'm trying to see what, how can I maximize. Hopefully, it's exactly the way Evan describes. You have a guy who creates attention from the defensive coordinator, and it opens up maybe Will Fuller, a.k.a. Tyquan Thornton to get down the field. And all of a sudden, he's averaging 19 yards a catch right? on 50, 60 catches. You know, like Will Fuller. Right. I mean, if DeAndre that Hopkins, would be great. even if he just gives the illusion that he's still DeAndre Hopkins, you know, you watch a lot of that, that Texans tape, which, you know, I've nerded out on, and <laughs> you see, you know, the safeties – collapsing down on Hopkins going over the middle and now Fuller has you know a deep post and it's just a foot race and it's one-on-one -on -one down the field and he wins you know you see things like that happen and how Bill O'Brien does do a good job of 
creating conflict in the deep part of the field where now the safety has to make a choice. Am I going to close off DeAndre Hopkins on the in cut or am I going to stay on the post? Right. And if whichever one he picks, the quarterback just throws the other ball. And, and that's, that's how and it could a lot absolutely. Of and that's how I look at it. That's how I would, uh, would hope that when you have that guy that knocks everybody down a peg, we talk about it with Christian Gonzalez, hopefully yeah. being able to do that with the cornerbacks. That's ideal. But there's, there's another side that could happen. And, Maybe he lost a step. Maybe he's not that good. Maybe he ruffles the feathers of the veterans that are back. We saw Parker not necessarily sound all that thrilled because he's probably thinking about it in terms of himself. And if he stays in the first, you know, he could go. But if he stays, maybe his role is diminished and that's not good for him. So there's a lot of different ways to look at this stuff. I don't think a lot of people do that. I think they just look at the shiny new object and get excited. I, I do, too. Yeah, and I want Hopkins. Bottom line is, I I weigh the the pros and cons, and I think the pros outweigh the cons, and I, I think that's what yeah. Bill tries to do. And, and to Todd's point about running backs, I I hate pay, paying running backs. Yeah, I don't uh, want Cook, awful. so you, I'm not paying. I'm not any, changing my tune. I love Ramondre Stevenson. He's one of my favorite players on the team currently. When it's his turn to get paid in a couple of years, I'm not. Oh, paying I have news him. for people. He will he will go. Yeah, unless. For whatever reason, he decides. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be willing to sign an extension after this season because he's not eligible now. So after this season, right. he could sign an extension, and he says, "Oh yeah, give me three years and nine million. Oh, maybe they'll do that. It, it's it's <laughs> absolutely the running back market right now, and and I know that you know ESPN's did a lot, like Mina Kimes has done, talked a lot a lot about this too. The the running back market right now is. It's almost gotten to the point where it's like kind of a problem no, that they that, that they can't get paid. Like, and I and when I say can't get paid, I don't yeah. mean like the forty million dollar contracts. Well, I just mean anything. Like, but, like look at Saquon. He like it's, that's a unicorn right there. Yeah, and he's not going to get paid. I but, mean, he yeah. will. But see, but the thing about like I I do, and I know what Evans talking about, and I know what you're talking about too, Teach. You have Pollard, Jacobs, and Saquon are all franchised, if I'm not mistaken. I believe right, so. right, because the franchise tag is now is a huge bargain. Right, it is a bargain for yeah. what those guys are, but yeah. it, it, but at least you know they're employed and they make. I mean, is it like ten million? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's not no jump change. It's not right. But let's go to the <laughs> Dalvin Cook is unemployed. Leonard Fournette is unemployed. Zeke, yeah. Zeke is unemployed now. Zeke, you know, I, I, he, you know, at some point it comes. The Hunt end, too. the end comes. Kareem Hunt, you know, the, like Austin Eckler was upset you know with his contract and like sort of threatened to hold out they gave him like a few shekels and he was like oh great thanks like they gave him some incentives that weren't even worth like two million or something and he's happy about it i i do kind of feel for the players i know melvin gordon had some comments about it uh this week the worst position to play in the league yeah better off uh, training your kid to be a punter or a kicker and and he's right if i go that far no but but i'm just talking about like they're they're still important players. As much as I diminish them, they still they still have the ball in their hands, a lot. Yeah, but you can't get paid. No, and it's just no the longevity, dur- no durability. It, yeah, and so the one position where the franchise tag has actually gone down is running backs. Every other position, the franchise tag every single year increases right. across the board. Even kickers, right? Like it increases across the board. Running backs is going the opposite direction. It's going down. And they just can't. Nobody is getting the full the the guarantees into multiple seasons. So the franchise tag at one for ten 
is a good deal for teams because they're not giving out $20, $25 million guaranteed in the first two years. Uh, the one like really good conversation I heard about this was how this might actually trickle down all the way to the college game because in, in college football, running backs are still valuable. Running backs still really matter in the college game. So with NIL, they might actually make more money 100%. signing a lucrative NIL deal if you're like a, a real star running back. I mean, nobody's Reggie Bush, but like think about like a Reggie Bush. No, but that's interesting. If you could get some of these running backs coming out of college and they can get, you know, a year salary before they even get there. Yeah. Or two. Right. Then, you know, all of a sudden it's a six-year career instead of a four-year career before you're It's getting to the point up. where if you are – a Reggie Bush uh, certainly but even like a guy like Leonard Fournette right who had that really big uh, playoff game against Michigan or bowl game against Michigan and he's on the everybody's radar and then he comes back to LSU for his junior season before going to the league you can cash out maybe even more so at that point of your career because at that point you are valuable to Georgia you are valuable to LSU it just in the NFL game there's too many running backs that can play there's too many guys that are good enough just to get the production out of them, and there's not enough guys yeah. that are really, really and good. And I'll be watching Robinson and Gibbs, you know, out of, out of this year's class too yeah. to see if they're Bijan's a really good one. Yeah, if, if they're more like, um, you know, I'm not talking about stylistically, but if they're more like McCaffrey and Barkley yeah. and Jacobs and less like, you know, like Travis Etienne has been okay. I mean, he got hurt the first year. He was okay last year. You know, I don't know if people would say, I, I would sign up and do that again as a first-round pick. So I'm, I'm watching those guys and see which way they trend. Also, a player like Gibbs, like, you can put him in the slot. Like, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He's so yeah. versatile that, like, he's a player that's probably going to get another contract. But I could see some – I'm with you 100%. That's why I said Bijan's an interesting one because that's a true workhorse bell cow running back, right? He's not mm-hmm. – he's got receiving ability, but he's 225 pounds, and he's definitely more g- geared towards the old school or going to hand it to him 300 times so seattle kenneth yeah. walker yeah you know million carries in college yeah really good yeah you know and he had a really good rookie year what's he like after four years right you oh, know did they just draft another running back Th- i think they did yeah they did who the seahawks yeah i'm pretty sure yeah. they well, did well yeah i mean that's good that's good business yeah. like yeah the patriots do it the pa- every the, couple you know years. The, the patriots had the, you know the two last year that's why i am not that's another reason why i'm not overly uh hot on the trail of Dalvin Cook as much as I like him as a player because I feel like you invested in that with a couple of picks, and I think you should should see it out. I think we saw flashes for both of them, very small ones. Yeah. But, you know, strong in, in Arizona and Harris, was it? Arizona as well. Was yeah. it Arizona? So that, that double that Kev- back-to-back in Arizona and, and the Raiders, Ramondre and Damian Harris missed the – the well, Ramondre got hurt really early in the Cardinals game. Yeah. Okay, and then Harris was out. Harris sure. was out. Both Harris games. was out for a while. Yeah, and yeah. I, I I think that I mean obviously Stevenson's going to be your number one guy, but Kevin Harris should be able to give you four or five carries between the tackles, and Pierre Strong should be able to catch three or four passes in, yeah. in a game. So it doesn't have to all be Stevenson. Yeah, you can have a couple of series a game. Will you just tell Ramondre, you know what, you know, middle of the second quarter, take this series off. And we're not going to sacrifice anything offensively. I'm not suggesting you 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 punt on, on the on the possession, but you don't have to have him 
because it's clear, and he's he's admitted it. He talked about it in the spring. He wore down. Yeah, and who wouldn't? You know, with that with that workload. Yeah, no, I, I think you you got it right in that Kevin Harris should be able to be a guy that can carry it, maybe even five to ten times a game right it's just a pure between the tackles follow the blocking and get you know get as much as you can and then pierre strong i i still i still believe in pierre strong's speed and big playability mm-hmm. even the limited carries that he's got and he's got you know two runs of 15 over 15 yards three runs of over 10 and nine carries last year so you see that big play potential we saw it you know the 44 yarder against arizona last year it, it's there and with a better coordination and better scheming if they can get him into some space with the with the ball in his hands then you got that potential i i just wonder i don't think that it kind of goes back to like you know when they had to bring in steven jackson or like they had to use a cordero patterson at running back in 18 they should have kept him they've always seemed to now since that those two years was it 16 right with steven jackson or 15 or something like that 15. yeah uh, they they always seem to be well stocked there now and yeah, they're and, not and currently. And they shouldn't have any any issues with that and the fact that just what we're talking about with this the plight of the running back in general there are more talented options that yeah. are, that potentially are going to be on the street yeah you know if you could I mean, let's say you know god forbid Stevenson goes down in week 2 if, if Fournette is still available right I mean that's a, that, that's a pretty good fallback plan. They have five running backs, including JJ Taylor, is the one guy we haven't mentioned. I wanted to ask you guys uh, and Evan specifically about Taylor because um, No Socks and I talked about Taylor a little bit this morning. Yeah. Do you think there's any like? Do they just look at him as a practice squad guy who's versatile and can do that body? That's yeah, I, body. I I think so at this point, but I I still. I think he's a better between the tackles runner than he is like a, a third down back, and I, I th- that's really interesting. And, and so I actually think that he's opposite of what you would think based off of his size and his skill set necessarily. But I think that he has always been okay uh, running the football between the tackles when, in the limited opportunities that he's gotten. But with his body type and his size, so how much played, of a workload? He's played are you really twelve getting? games in three years. Yeah. Um, so he's never really gotten a chance. No. That tells me that he probably doesn't factor into their plans. Right. So then just to spin it forward, if J.J. Taylor doesn't factor in, which I think we all agree on, they have four backs on the roster right now. All four of them are going to make it because they usually carry four anyways, and you're not going to go with three. And so then on top of the fact of there's always the injury that's going to come at that position – it just there's just not a whole lot behind those two guys, you know, behind Ramondre, like in terms of experience and in terms of like recent production in the league in Ty Montgomery's case. It, it just, as much as I hate them giving a contract that they probably don't need to give to Dalvin Cook or somebody like that, it just seems like you need at least four running backs to make it through the season. Yeah. And right now, I don't know if you can say they definitively have four guys you can rely upon. Well, and I know this isn't, you know the be-all end-all but even like the the preseason games so you don't want ty montgomery and Ramondre stevenson taking very many carries in preseason games you're just gonna go with taylor strong and and kevin harris like oh geez we had a fire alarm at our apartment at 2 30 in this morning so i'm just a jinx so if, if you can hear in the background we have a uh 
emergency warning going off. During those the Ed Sheeran construction. Those are usually <laughs> followed by instructions to whether or not we have to leave the building. So we may have to stop this Tanya. wonderful podcast, uh, which evidently is not getting a lot of attention because we haven't gotten many phone calls. <laughs> and we do have some emails. Why don't, you, why, why don't you read some? Yeah, we have we have a lot of emails, actually. Some people talk, want to talk about some of the nice. non-football stuff, too. Oh, excellent. That's the, even better. So... Uh, Judy Blitz, J E W D Y, Judy. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, wants to talk jerseys. I don't know if you, you guys have any strong opinions on jerseys. I love jerseys. But Judy does not like the jerseys that the Patriots currently wear. And is, uh, real quickly, I personally hate the current uniforms. The stripes on the shoulders look like duct tape, and <laughs> it, it's actually duct tape, Judy. I learned that one day. So this is why they don't like you. They don't even go with the flow of the uniform. Any ideas on when the new cycle of uniforms will be ready, like one or two seasons away, or are we in these indefinitely? So Fred talked about this a little bit last week. We do not know when they're up for another, um, or when they plan to have another mm-hmm. uniform change. Yeah, I did see, and I know, Tish, you're looking at me, so I know you saw it because I know you are all over this guy. <laughs> uh, our, our buddy... Uh, Babs uh, had a whole oh, lot yeah. of "quote unquote" uniform <laughs> information Scoops. that he that he put out on uh, on Twitter yesterday. Um, he says, and I have not seen this confirmed by anybody inside the organization, that the Patriots are planning on wearing the red uniforms twice this year. That has not been confirmed by anybody that I know of inside the organization, and uh, he talked about the possibility of changing the combination of the the traditional home uniform to wearing the silver pants a couple of times. So I don't know where Babs, uh, you guys, he's on, you know. Uh, he's on the mic. He's he's the he's mic. a longtime uh, Patriots fan. Uh, he's at training camp all the time. Patriots insider, quote, unquote. I don't know where he gets his information. but So there would be some different combinations, uh, I guess. Let- to look forward to this year. That that's all I want. Like I imagine. Well, actually, I don't want to ever imagine being a Jags fan. But you know, they wake up on Sunday and they don't know like what the matchup's going to be. Like, are you going to wear the white pants, teal pants? I don't know. Like, I just want some changes. You know, you wake up and like, oh, we're wearing the blues. And I think the <laughs> I, I've gotten used to the home jerseys. Like, reluctantly, I'll deal with it, whatever. But it's the away jerseys. I can't stand them. I used to I used to like them the first game, and now it's yeah, just like I don't. You like I don't the, love you like, either one, but you I like kinda, the blueberries. I kind of like the, like the white. I kind of like the white shirt a little better than Me the blue too. one. I, I think the blue, if you added not even silver pants, white pants with the blue, would look unbelievable. Um, but I mean, I I want the royal blues back. That's all I want. Give me the '90s Royal Blues. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Babs threw that out there too. So I don't know. So the, according to Babs, we're wearing every uniform the Patriots <laughs> have ever worn. This, <laughs> so uh, I, I find it interesting year. though that. So the Pat Patriot Reds are now legendary. Like everybody loves them. And the '90s uniforms are, are have a, a little bit of a, you know, a loud group of people that that want to see the Patriots wear those more. But Paul, correct me if, if I'm. Those were not universally loved when they actually wore them. I right? Didn't, I didn't really like them. But, yeah. But so that, that, don't let me speak for the entirety of Patriots Nation. Let me. I know, but I, I. I mean, I'm just saying it's interesting that now everybody wants to bring you know i've i see people that really think that the red pat patriot uniform should be their default see, home uniform i really don't like the the retro red uniform that we wear i like the late 70s version yeah 
but most people go with the, the stripes on the shoulder. I like the stripes on the sleeve I, that they wore, like say, Mike Haynes seventy eight. Yeah, yeah. I, I love. I loved. Those I think the thing is, ever since the league went to Nike, like Nike makes such a clean jersey that the Roy- like they won't mess up the Royal Blues. It's like the the Eagles are bringing back the the light greens, the like, Kelly green. Yeah, like like Nike's going to make that look unbelievable, and I think they could work some magic with the Royal Blues. Yeah, that's well, my take on. I it. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what they end up doing. Um, I mean, I would be surprised if at least the part that Bab said about the the throwback uniforms. I think that's something that you can probably bank on at some point, just because I think that's the way the league is trending. Yep. You see that all the time. Again, I'm not announcing anything on the show because. I haven't seen anybody within the Patriots organization state that um, on the record or, or definitively. So I, I just go, I'm just going by the past. You know, I, I think they've worn the red a little bit, um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that continue. Yeah, I, I I don't really love their current uniforms either. I would be okay with seeing a, a full change, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I do. I'm a sucker for the nostalgia. Like I I, I really like doing the throwback weeks and I, I i don't mind if these are the uniforms that they're stuck with for the next handful of years i'll watch anything from 78 like all yeah. the all the uniforms around the league it's like yeah. you know cleveland used to have those brown shirts with the orange pants i, I like i loved that look so uh, here's a question so the the current home jersey is pretty much just the color rush from a couple of years ago right the blueberries yeah the blueberries it's, ba- it's bad okay so well here's the thing back in 2016 or whatever when they debuted them against the texans did you like them then so this is my point. I yes, and this is my point with the the Pat Patriot jersey is that if you if you make that the default jersey, it's no longer yeah, it's no longer cool. Like it's no longer an an individual throwback week type of thing. And now all of a sudden it becomes a permanent thing. It, it doesn't have the same mystique to it. So I, I think that that's why I wouldn't want to change back to like jerseys that they've worn in the past is because it may it doesn't it's not special anymore yeah, if you're wearing them every week i agree with you Bob. so like do you think san diego oh, i'm sorry the chargers fall into that trap where the like, powder well like they have a lot of different kind com- i'm sure you I, love oh, them because right? i, I they, think their navy ones are the best I used they, to wear, love the powder they, they wear they might have the best stuff. jersey collection in football yeah i mean yeah, I, they, they have they like have three jerseys. four different combinations that i like that's that's the best in the league that's yeah that's the second best in the league. that's the third best yeah. in the league you know i they're just want great. i just want some variety you know wake up on a sunday like oh they're wearing gray pants. There you go. Just something. All I want. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Doesn't seem likely. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. More emails? Yeah. Get another email? All right. So um, this is from Steven. We've heard Belichick talk about how the coverage and pass rush work in tandem. Pass rush. That's that's tough to say. Yeah, there are things that are tough to say. Work in tandem like and complement each other. Good coverage leads to sacks. Good pass rush leads to INTs. Is it the same with pass pro in receivers? What I mean is if our tackle situation doesn't get better at the top and with depth, wouldn't D-Hop, a guy who is always open due to his hands, as a safety valve for Mac, one of the best things we could do? So basically he's saying – would Hopkins also help make the tackles or the offensive line less of a concern? Well, I'm, I'm going to defer to you on this one specifically because, as you said earlier, you've been geeking out on old Texans tape with, with Hopkins. Is he a guy that uncovers immediately? I wouldn't – I don't know. I think that the emailer is right in that he's, he's one of those guys that's – often always open even if he doesn't look open because of his catch rate. I would totally agree with that. I don't know if he's necessarily like an electric 
like off the line separator yeah. that that does that but i think the main point of there being other elements that contribute to pass protection is definitely true i mean we we saw with brady with the release right like if you have a quick release uh, you can really eliminate a pass rush if you stay at certain depths of the pocket and kind of protect yourself within the pocket you can really help out your tackles and your and your offensive line that way as well i, I think this is the one thing that Patrick Mahomes sometimes does get knocked for is that he'll drop to 13 oh. 14 yards which is really difficult oh, and to he's block. taken a lot of criticism from that within his own team yeah you know and when I say criticism not like they hate him but they've talked about that a couple of years ago with a lot of the problems that he creates on his own because yeah. he's holding the ball he's retreating uh, a lot of RPOs that you know yeah. sometimes it can be difficult you know the the passes plays that are meant the ball's meant to come out quickly and he holds it you know like that that can come into play too and that's why i think and i know evans talked about this tease uh with bill o'brien you hope that you have a better design and maybe he can help you cover up for your problems right now at tackle with with his scheme and just you know get the ball out quick because we know we're going to be under pressure yeah yeah i think that i'm a big proponent for sacks are as much a quarterback stat as they are an offensive line stat and maybe as much a scheme stat in some degree as well as they are an offensive line stat because you can really there's helping your offensive line and then there's really not helping your offensive line when it comes to passing the football and I think one of the things that you always hear uh, with with Brady is not only did you know the depth that he was dropping to, you also knew where he was going to be because he's not mobile. So he's always going to be sort of in the center right. of the pocket. Whereas with the guy, you know, that does move around back there, it's unpredictable. It's difficult um, to know exactly where he's going to be at all times. So they're guys like that. Mahomes, um, you know, Russell Wilson over the years, those guys take a lot of sacks. They take a lot of sacks just because of the way that they play the game. So I, I think that in, it's all works together. It's a conjunction of everything that that sacks become more of an offense. As, as Fred says, apropos of nothing, I, I, I'm I'm curious to see what Russell Wilson looks like this year. I was thinking the exact same yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I I hear some reports out of Denver that he uh, shed some lbs. Um, then you also hear the just, reports that Peyton doesn't really want him. So yeah, but just with the fact that he's there, though, like he's. He's a pretty good offensive that, coach. That's, uh, He's a good offensive That's a mind. game I'm I'm sneakily excited for. I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I'm curious to see what he looks like. And is he completely washed, cashed, like you nice. know, or, or nice. is he? Is he? Does he have something left? I, I uh, big season for him. Yeah. Uh, let's get back to the phones because, uh, as I said, that we weren't getting a lot know. of calls. There you go. Uh, our our boys have uh, have come through. Jesse is in New Bedford, so we'll take him first. We'll take him first. <laughs> hey, how you doing, guys? Hey, Jesse. What's going on? What's going on? Uh, quick thing, uniforms. Uh, I like them, but I think, I don't know if Evan said it, I like the the blue with the white pants. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know who said that, but that brings out the blue. It's not so much, I think. Just go with that, and maybe, like, a couple games a year, go with, like, the white helmets, but with the new logo. That's maybe Fred's thing. That yeah, that's Fred's thing. He wants the Elvis with the white helmet. See, can you do okay. that? That'd be great. Yeah, they, you know they, I mean? there are limitations. That, definitely the blue jersey with the white pants, and then because when it's the white jersey with the blue pants, I think it looks good. You gotta offset the colors there. So that's my opinion with that. Right. Uh, like my second opinion is, um, I think a lot of people. Uh, the narrative on Mac is rookie year. He was, you know, you know, look at this guy. He's had a great rookie year. 
you know, this and that. And I kind of compare it to Trevor Lawrence because everybody was saying he was a bust his rookie year, but why was he a bust? Because he had Urban Meyer in the clown show, and that's what Mac had this year. So if you reverse the years, you put the Patricia year as Mac's rookie, then you put Mac's rookie with this year, what would, be, what would everybody be talking about? The same thing that the narrative for Trevor Lawrence is. Oh, look what Lawrence did with a, with a legit coaching system. I think we'd be saying the same thing with Mac. Uh, he had a bozo for a coach's rookie year, and now look at him. He's got Bill O'Brien. He's coming along, you know, 23 touchdowns, 11 picks, or whatever it was, 13. You know, he's coming along. He's made that turn. He made a little leap, and I think he's going to make a big leap. So all I'm trying to say is if you reverse the years, I think the narrative would be a lot different on Mac. In my personal opinion, I think he's going to absolutely light it up this year, and a lot of people are going to be eating a lot of crow. I think he's going to really, really tear it up. All right. What do you, what you guys think? Mac Jones all the way. All right, yeah. Jesse, I'm going to just uh, – Good call. Yeah, I'm no, with them that's, on that. That's <laughs> listen, I love it. Drop the mic. Yeah. There's a lot – listen, there's a lot of enthusiasm. I think that's great. I, I would just look at it and say, like, what game did Mac Jones come from, like, 28 down to win when he was a, when he was a rookie, mm-hmm. when, he yeah. had the, when he had the Trevor Lawrence season? Um what game did he come from behind and, you know, score, like, two touchdowns in the last five minutes to get a game to overtime against the Cowboys? Like, I didn't see that. Yep. I didn't see that kind of stuff. So, yeah, there's, there's some similarities with Trevor Lawrence was um, – I don't think anybody considered him a bust, but Trevor Lawrence was disappointing his rookie year with a train wreck of a coaching staff. And he was much better in year two. I think with an average coaching staff, I'm sorry. Like, he didn't have Bill Belichick. He had Doug Peterson. Good like, quarterbacks coach, though. Yeah. Uh, listen, he won a Super Bowl. He beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, so I can't take that away he, from he him. He made Carson Wentz and Nick Foles yeah. look like MVP. I can't so take I that away him, from him. Yeah. But I, I just think that what Trevor Lawrence did last year to me, and maybe it's because you, you're going to call me negative. Nope. I think it was vastly superior no, we're to gonna what go Mac with Jones con- did. We're going to go with contrarian. Year from yeah. now on no i i think that uh you you have to so i actually got a dm about this a couple of days ago too and and he, he did a statistical side by side this is oh, i saw the statistical side by side between mac jones and josh allen oh, after oh. two years so this is and all the passing numbers are the same and the guy goes the only thing that josh allen is better at is running and oh. i'm like oh that's all yeah not <laughs> like yeah, okay this was uh this was trevor versus mac and so Trevor Lawrence is in his first two years, his TD to INT ratio is 37 to 25, and Max is 36 to 24. So pretty much almost identical. And so I what might you know you go down the line here. Lawrence hasn't beat in passing yards, total yards. Uh, Mac is better completion percentage. Mac has a slightly better passer rating, but they're all right in the same ballpark. So I understand where people are coming from with the stats, but you got to use your eyes That's, a little bit too. Watch the games, right? And and you got to realize. I'm not trying to crap all over Mac because I think Mac can still be a, a good, solid NFL starting quarterback. But the two things with Trevor are one, just physically, it's not close. Like they're they're two different planets in watch, terms of athletes. watch how Jacksonville won some of their games. Yeah, and show me the games that the Patriots won that way. Yeah, I would also say Trevor Lawrence coming into the league was as sure of a prospect as any quarterback since basically Andrew Luck, right? And there was a reason for that. Like there was a reason why there nobody, not a soul, 
questioned that Trevor Lawrence should go number one overall in that draft. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Where the conversation started were right after Trevor Lawrence, like Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Fields, and Mac. So I, I, I don't think the Lawrence comparison is a good one because I think Trevor Lawrence is a much, much better uh, physical player like he's just a tool more toolsy thrower a better athlete but to say nothing of you don't think there's a difference between jacksonville yeah and new england yeah it like just, new england has been the preeminent program in the nfl for 20 plus years and jacksonville's still kind of an expansion team yeah. that's how people think of them and that's what they've been they have a couple of you know little bumps where they you know like what was it 17 that they had us beat in the AFC championship game Right. I mean, yeah. every once in a while they put a good team on the field. It's still Jacksonville. Yeah. You're not comparing the two, are you? I just I can't I can't get to the Lawrence Mac comparisons because maybe it is just my priors. Like maybe it is just how I felt coming into that draft about the two guys. But to me, one of them has so much more physical upside than the other. And I, I hope I hope that Mac proves me wrong in that department. I think Mac can be a fringe top 10 quarterback like a Kirk Cousins but is I hope he proves me wrong I hope that he goes out there and and, and shows me physically that he can be even yeah. better than that yeah and I just feel like I, I I know that he sort of dismissed this part of it um Jesse dismissed this part of it but yeah it's better to be bleh as a rookie and improve as a second year guy than it is to be bleh as, as a rookie and go down yeah. as a second year like yeah, you would think of it different if he had the better year in year two because yeah. that's the progression. Yeah, but I still think we harken back to year one, and we still say when it was competent around him and he had Josh McDaniels and he had enough around him playmaker-wise and a good yep. coordinator, he was fine. Like, I still think we do that. And I think he'll be fine this year yeah. for this for those reasons. That's yeah. why I want to see is some structure because Trevor Lawrence going into year two of Doug Peterson, like – we need Mac Jones to get two years of an offensive coordinator. You don't want him to end up like Alex Smith yeah. ten years ago, where he had what, yeah. like four different yeah. coordinators. Like point. you can't, you can't set your quarterback up for success with that system. So yeah, and also I want to. I'm not like all in on Trevor Lawrence yet either. Like I think I think he had a great year last year. The playoff game was certainly a, a, a really good. It was a good bounce back. Bounce but he back. did throw four picks. Right. Yep. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but I'm not saying that I think Trevor Lawrence is like this great. No, All-time great yet either. Uh, you know, he's still got a ways to go, too, until he proves that. He's got a – he has thrown a lot of interceptions in a lot of big games. Yeah. And uh, it has had some moments down stretches in games that have been close where he hasn't been, you know, nails like he was in that playoff game. Yeah. Uh, Matt, let's get back to the phone lines. We got uh, Dan in Virginia in Michigan. Don't forget Michigan. Dan. Hey guys, well, with uh, Paul feeling a little vulnerable, being called a curmudgeon and all by uh, <laughs> by um, by but, NSA there. Believe and me, if that was the worst I was called, I'd be doing all right. <laughs> the correct term uh, is great white snog, of course. Correct. Um, and the, the lack of calls, I thought I'd uh, just try and make Paul feel a little better. Thank you, Dan. Um, uh, I got two questions with Hopkins <laughs> available. Um, yeah, I might be a bit negative here, but. Is anyone concerned that the fact that he is available, like uh, that you know, that he isn't going to be everything that uh, the fan base is hoping for? A little surprised. Um, I'm a little surprised by that, but I still want him. Yeah. 
How good is run blocking, no, Paul? <laughs> that isn't... Uh, <laughs> Touché. Touché. But um, the other question I have is uh, the Patriots are going to um, have a big uh, to-do for Brady uh, that first week of um, uh, the season. And I know Paul's probably going to say that any quarterback that's affected by this, he doesn't want anyway. But is it the wisest timing to have that big Brady shindig the first week uh, of the season? You know, Max is kind of coming back from this subpar season, confidence might be a little dented. Do you really want the greatest of all time, you know, there that first week um, rather than kind of maybe letting Mac find his, get, get, get that confidence back a little bit first before, um, you know, you bring, you bring the goat to down? What do you guys think of that? I don't love Brady coming f- during a game. I don't love it. I, I, I love him coming back. I hate that it's week one. I wish it was like last year. So you guys agree with Dan? Yeah, but it's just just tough. I don't know if I necessarily – if he has to do it, I don't mind it being week one because I think even worse than that would be if he comes back and they're like two and ten and he's there just marching them out there for the – But at least that wouldn't affect anything. But what if you're like, you know, four and two and then he comes back and it throws him for a loop and you lose a game to a – Either way. Like Washington. So it's also right. tough as against right. the Either uh, direction. NFC champs. I like, don't know. I'm playing a great team. I know. I went I went I went negative on that one and said two and ten. He, Paul's right. They could be five and one and all of a sudden Brady comes and it's this circus and it throws them through a loop. I, I I don't think there would be a great time for him to come back in season, which is why I'm not right a huge fan of it being in season. I totally understand why we're doing it as an organization and as, oh, as, yeah. as, you know, a team, why we'd want it. But I don't, I don't love it for multiple reasons. And I, I, I just, there's such a, and you know, I listen to, to Paul shows and, and, and you hear these people call there more than here. I would say there's still so many fans that are bitter over him leaving in the first place that I just, I just don't love the optics of like what Matisse was kind of saying, you're playing the defending NFC champions. It's week one of the season. Everybody always puts a little bit into week one, right? How do they look right yeah. out of the gate? If they then go on the field and get waxed by the Eagles, who are just a better team than you right now anyways, that's it's going to – I don't know. It, yeah, it's a lot of negativity. Of, I, I was kind of – I don't really feel all that passionately either way about it, but you guys are making good points. Dan, yeah, it's also, you, it's you, want, you won over the, uh, the crowd. It's also surprising, like, from a business point of view – you know, everyone's going to be there for the game anyway. If you have a separate thing, you know, like they do the now whole that's the a point I brought up. In, events, that's a point um, I brought up in a meeting, and I was summarily told to keep quiet. What, what was the point? Sorry, I, 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 I agree with Dan. Like the opener can't get any bigger, right? And I like to me, it's kind of like wasting, you know, the Brady appearance. I guess well, you that's might be able sort to get of, a bump, mm-hmm. but I think that they kind of felt like it was yeah. the best in terms of the logistics. Yeah, I don't know. I and mean, I know that they've done this with other like Edelman had his his halftime like send off and they've done this with other great patriots in the past where they give them that 8 minutes at halftime to yeah. to wave to the crowd and everything like that. So I I, I understand that. At I the just end of the day, you No, have but to why do it. but why did have it have to, to be it. the opener? Is, right. is I think Dan's point like yeah. if you do it in, you know, even if you did it week 2. Right. In the Sunday night game against Miami, like and, and, that opener right. is already, you know, yeah. It's no kind one of some like juice. season ticket holders aren't giving away their opener tickets. You know, like it's, it's some juice, ticket. anyways. It's a big ticket. I just also like yeah. I, you know more about it, Paul, because you're you're invited to the to the meetings where they talk about these things. Yes, I'm very important. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, and uh, I'm so told to sit in the back and keep quiet. It also is just kind of weird to me that like they're bringing him out 
in week one to like wave to the crowd and there's no there's, it's not a jersey retirement it's not an induction into the patriots hall of fame it's just he's here like you know it, 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 in that part of it i did like yeah. i just i don't know i don't know what the purpose of that is i guess i will just hey, say hey, that there, there will be more to talk about your honor whose yeah. honor whose honor yeah i don't know all right dan thanks Thanks, guys. Thanks Let's, uh, you know, my food is here, so we have. Uh, I want to clear the phone lines before I go and eat. So, <laughs> uh, Paul in Vancouver. Oh, Paulie, won't be seeing him no more. Hey, boys, how you doing today? You got, you got your hard hats on there. Yeah, we got Jeez. a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on here. I was like, I'm waiting to get on the show here, and I got this drill that's buzzing in my ears or whatever. Oh, you got to see, you, you got to see Marine Corps though. He he storms out of the uh, the uh, the. <laughs> this guy was lucky I could not find him. <laughs> He's like looking. Where's that noise coming from? Do you know how many different yeah, ways I have to kill you? Yeah, it's quite ridiculous. Um, all right, with all this talk about DeAndre Hopkins, I just want to ask you a couple of questions about the receiving core as a whole. Because I think the most successful ones have a range of quality. And many times in the show, I hear this comment that the Pats have too many of the same types of receivers. So what is your ideal composition of the receiving core? Like, you know, like you kind of think of it more of like a basketball team. You get your point guard, your power forward, small forward, right? So, you know, like I think we're kind of missing that quick SWAT guy right now, you know. Um, and so my question is, what is your ideal composition? How is that, how's the current patch team compared to that? And how do you think you, what you have at tight end affects that? I don't know if I necessarily think that they don't have complementary receivers. I think when we say that they have the similar receivers, we're talking about like talent level. Yeah. Well, you know, they have they have a bunch of like twos and threes, and there's no number one in the group. Like they do have some diversity in terms of skill sets. Like Devontae Parker is your above the rim contested catch guy. You know, Juju is your power slot. Tyquan's your burner. Like they do have a little bit different things that they do well i think the only overlap is maybe like kendrick Bourne and juju are, are somewhat similar I, I think you want what he's saying is like i want what the bengals have what the chargers have you know you got jamar chase and t higgins on the one on the other side the chargers have keenan allen mike williams like you need yeah. that one stud guy and then the shifty yeah. guy slot guy i'd like a, a a burner with some size not a not a just a small like burner. A. J. brown yeah a burner with some size and then maybe more of a possession guy on the outside, yeah. and then you know, you know, a, a good quality slot guy. It doesn't have to be like the small shifty slot guy. Like right. I think Tyler Boyd has been a really good slot receiver for a long time. Now he's on the back nine. Yeah. He's, I think he's sort of the declining, which is great for him to be with those two dynamic guys on the outside. But I do kind of look at Cincinnati now. Listen, those are three really good players. Yeah. Like, but I do think they have different skill sets. You know, and Higgins has the size, contested catch ability, and speed. Yeah. Whereas Chase does everything. Yeah. Chase and, just, you know, and I think Boyd is just a really steady guy. And they had the other guy that filled in a little bit, um, the guy with the hair. Number 11. I don't know his well, name. I can't oh, think of his guy. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he you scored know, against us twice, right? Well, he, but <laughs> he, made, he made some plays for them, yeah. um, you know, down the stretch. And those two playoffs. open up opportunities and they for just, him. Who did, they just drafted one of the one of the guys I liked in the draft a lot. And now I – Charlie Jones. They drafted Charlie Jones. Charlie out of Jones. Okay. So he's yeah. the next Tyler Boyd, I would assume, for them. 
uh, running. I really like Tyler Boyd coming out of Pitt too. Yeah, he no, was, they they like, have. I, I mean, the, look, I thought the Patriots would be on him. The Bengals have a great receiver room. They, definitely an argument that they're the best receiving room in the in the league. And you also kind of describe Philadelphia, I guess, a little bit with AJ Brown and Devontae sure. Smith, um, and and Goddard kind of being more of like yeah, the and, middle of the and, field guy. And I would say Paul Evan makes a good point with the tight end. I would add, yeah. you know, a mobile. You know, pass catching tight end into that mix. Now, obviously, that's what makes the best offenses the best. Yeah, yeah the balance. The, the, yeah. the more of those things that one offense has becomes yeah. awfully difficult to stop. Them. Yeah, I, I think that the Patriots have are decently diverse in, in their skill sets, but they just don't, like we always say, they don't have the A.J. Brown, they don't have the Jamar Chase, they don't have that guy. And, and I think. You know that that's the hope is that if you get a Hopkins, that he can at least be that guy in the short term. He's not going to be a long term solution for that problem, but yeah. maybe he will be in the short term. All right, fat guy's going to eat. So, uh, yeah, look at that. We went one twelve cruising all football. One twelve all football. So we'll have plenty of time for nonsense after I eat. Verizon, the network America relies on, and the official five G network of the New England Patriots. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Bass Pro Shops, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar. Watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe. Or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla's speed test intelligence data Q2 2020. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes... Oh, no! Replacements were shipped with FedEx. And with picture-proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great, but it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith, a belief in what you're striving toward, and a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. 
Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Patriots fans, you'll want to check out the replay on this one. Pat the Patriot is stealing the show tonight with his Bank of America mobile banking app. That's right, folks. So here we see Pat cheering, and then whammo! Is that Bank of America life plan? Looks like he's saving up for some big future moves. Planning the next vacay, huh, big guy? And wait, now he's paying back his buddy for concessions using Zelle? No penalty there. Incredible! No way! As if that double move wasn't impressive enough, now he's beefing up his account defense with security meter? Holy cannoli, what a performance! Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Patriot fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash banking. You must be enrolled in online banking or download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Member FDIC. Want to get into the game? Get coached up at Dean College. Equipped with exclusive academic partnerships featuring the Patriots, Revolution, Providence Bruins, Summer Baseball, and more, our classrooms are set up for success by learning directly from the pros. Dean College has programs in communications, sports management, business, and marketing with unprecedented hands-on experiences. Our students take what they learn in the classroom and put it right to work in the marketplace. At Dean College, our students don't just play games, we run them. Visit us at dean.edu.
Some of the content. Verizon, the network America relies on and the official 5G network of the New England Patriots. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Fast Pro Shops, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar. Watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe. Or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla's speed test intelligence data Q2 2020. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes... Oh, no! Replacements were shipped with FedEx. And with picture-proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great, but it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith, a belief in what you're striving toward, and a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And now, great moments in history. The logic behind where they stock things. Yeah. The mayonnaise should be by the tuna. <laughs> okay, <should>. Jerry. <laughs> All right. You can have another the- section with mayonnaise, but also put it by the tuna. I agree. There should be hot dog buns there by there. Be buns, there but you have mustard, to go all the way. Relish. Yeah, but you have no. to go all the way right. to the bread aisle. Hot to dogs go get and sausages. The buns. Yes. That doesn't bother me at all. No. Just that stuff. Because I, 
Like, I never I, thought I guess if, if you go point. in and you do big shops, okay, yeah. you're going up and down every right. aisle. Yeah. But and if you're in there, like, just get a couple things. Then you don't go to a supermarket. Where go do to you a go? Convenience 7-Eleven? Store. Go to a convenience store. Oh, you're going to go buy hot dogs at 7-Eleven? Yes, it's the same package no. of hot dogs at 7-Eleven as but you they, go to the supermarket. Check the expiration date, Bob. They charge you more. Obviously, I would. Expired. I mean, if you don't check the expiration date, that's on you. Yeah, because they're sitting in there for a while. So then you don't buy them. You don't go grocery shopping at 7-Eleven. You go in there to get a Slurpee. Did, I just, did he just change? Did he just do it? <laughs> did he just do it? A pack of cigarettes and a change, pack of condoms. Did, right did, <laughs> did he just change the argument in typical Fred fashion? That's another great moment from... You know, there's a lot of those that come back, and I hear myself in an argument, and I, and I cringe. And I was like, what a douche. What a sanctimonious jerk. Like about myself and I think wow could you have sounded any more arrogant or could you have been any more like snarky and then I hear that one and I'm like if you just need like a couple of things why wouldn't you just stop on a (laughs) 7-Eleven and then he goes why would you do your grocery shopping at 7-Eleven I never said that I like literally never said oh I have a list of 37 things I'm going to go to 7-Eleven and pay 10 times as much for them at the convenience store than I would at stop and shop yeah, so we've been doing some some cookouts lately. Been on the grill, been yeah. doing my my dad thing, and uh, we have a market basket, like one of those big giant market baskets, right down the street. And you know, sometimes like we we need to we need hot dogs or a macaroni salad, whatever. Like you're just missing a couple things for the cookout. And I go into a market basket on like a Sunday afternoon. I almost didn't get out alive. I was like, <laughs> what am I what am I doing here? Like this is I. Just went in for like three things. It was like hot dogs, uh, some macaroni salad, and then because I have a sweet tooth, I was looking for some dessert also, right? Like three things. And I literally walked into like you would think that the apocalypse was coming or something like that. And so to that point, next time I might just go to like the the seven eleven yeah, down the like, street. <laughs> might. If you if you just like you had everything that you needed but you forgot ketchup or right. You know, hamburger roll. Yeah, I wouldn't go in and say, well, geez, these hamburger rolls, I mean, they're green, but, you know, well, what's the dip? Uh, obviously, you look at the expiration date. <laughs> I got 7 Eleven right across the street from me, and it has a liquor store in it. So, nice. I mean, I You're just I spend way too much money there, but yeah. that's my spot. Uh, I'll buy whatever they need, whatever they got there. I'll get but it. But, Fred, he just. That like, market basket. High, everything's got to be high end. So Everything's got to so be high. Whole Foods why, why, only. Why Fred would you, why would you, go, why would you a, go there? As a Wegmans Whole Foods guy, you know, that, that next that next tier up. He is funny, though. He has his he has his quirks, as as do we all. True. All right. Matt, you ready? I don't want to uh, throw you off guard like I did, catch you off guard like I did before the break. So Brian in St. Louis looks like he's been holding the longest, so we'll go with him. Hey, you ready for me? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, fantastic! So, hey, I I called in uh, I called in last time, and uh, I, I thank you for the the uh, the thoughts that you had on the development of Tom Brady over time, and that that was intriguing. I, I wanted to add something to the conversation that may help to add some fullness to the picture, and, and also give us an understanding of how uh, we might see the development of Mac Jones. Um, so. First, there, there's. I think about. I think about the the playoff game for Tom Brady and the Patriots, the second year. I think it was the divisional round against the Steelers. 
And I remember Tom Brady could not make a touchdown throw uh, off to the side. And I don't know. I don't. My, my memory is somewhat vague. I don't know if he was injured or, or whatever the case was. Drew Bledsoe comes in. He makes the pass. And, and I, if I remember correctly, this is what allows the Patriots to win the game, right? Um, it, it, am I right on it's, this? Well, it's I, a little – I mean, you're a little simplistic. Even even speaking to the biggest Drew Bledsoe fan on the planet, uh, Tom got hurt. They didn't really do anything on offense um, in that game with or without Tom. Um, they were – they had seven points on a um, punt return for a touchdown by, by Troy Brown when Tom left the game. And then Drew came in in the first drive. He lit it up. He went right down the field. I think he um, – I think he completed three passes, the third of which was a beautiful touchdown to David Patton. Um, but in the second half, they didn't do a whole lot offensively. They blocked a field goal for another touchdown. And then late in the game, when uh, the game was, was getting close, he he did lead a big drive for a field goal that kind of sealed it. But statistically, I think Brady actually threw for a couple more yards than Bledsoe in that game, but yeah. neither one of them did anything. So I put they up threw the box for like 120 score. yards, or something e- like that. Even though Paul just told me the box score, but uh, yeah, Brady threw for 115 and Drew threw for 102. Yeah, so they didn't really have a lot in the way of offense. Now, I would say they would not have <laughs> to say that they wouldn't have won the game if Drew didn't come in is, I think, a stretch. Again, I'm the biggest Bledsoe supporter there is. But he he did enough he did enough to win the game. Right. He's, he he, he did enough a to win the game. Pass, right? He, he threw a, he yes. a touchdown pass. In the second quarter, yeah. He did throw a touchdown pass. It, yeah. and I, it, it was the first Brady, drive he came in. Brady kept trying to make this pass. It wasn't it wasn't happening. It wasn't happening. Well, Brady threw the and same touchdown pass in the in. Super Bowl two weeks later. Oh, one week later, yeah. actually. It was a very yeah, similar play. It was. Uh, I think it might have been the same play. White fifty zing cry. Mm-hmm. I used to know the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, so he, <laughs> he, he well he broke it down yeah. on uh, what what was that quarterbacks thing they used to do the the Pro Bowl quarterback skill challenge or whatever. Oh, uh, with the I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so they used to do a quarterback skill challenge. Uh, Brady was in it. He did terribly, which like isn't surprising because he's not. You know, they the guys that won it are um, the Brett Favre. You know, like yeah, like a Brett Favre or like you know Cordell Stewart was always really good in it because he could had the cannon. And uh, Brady broke down the the David Patton touchdown pass from the Super Bowl and like spelled out the whole play and all, all everything, all the reads, all that type of stuff. And it was like a segment that was like, what's your favorite play? Like if you know, there's one play that you want them to call, and it was the the touchdown to Patton, which was the same. Play play that that drew through the touchdown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. And and I a couple other things. Um Evan, that was a nice article that you wrote on on potential breakout players. Thank you. Um and that, that was especially the running backs. I, I, I appreciated the the um the writing about Pierre Strong and, and Kevin Harris. And I, I I wasn't too familiar with, with Kevin Harris and, and uh he he he! The clip that you put up there—you've got a lot of potential. I I was impressed. Yeah, um, thank you. And, and lastly, and, I, and I'll, I'll take this one off the air. I, I'm glad you mentioned David Patton because he was on my list. I think he is the most underrated, the most underrated wide receiver that the Patriots have had. Um, it's sort of in the top. Yeah, no, he, Patton. He, yeah, thanks, Brian. Your your phone's kind of. Uh, nah. In and out, but yeah, I I think David Patton um, was RIP, a by the way. 
Yes, uh, but a very important part of of those uh, Super Bowl teams uh, in the first part of the dynasty. I thought he made some big plays. Um, obviously, he had that huge game in Indianapolis in 01, but just some plays that you remember, like those two touchdowns back-to-back yeah. weeks, AFC Championship and Super Bowl. Um, he was a really reliable guy, I think. Very different style, but same kind of stature is David Givens. I think Givens was a really important guy that somewhat gets overlooked. They weren't similar in style. David Patton could fly, yeah. and David Givens was a possession receiver. But I do think they're sort of, uh, you know, you don't. It, it's it's Troy Brown, it's Randy Moss, it's Wes Welker, it's you know, it's Julian Edelman, it's oh, oh yeah yeah. And then they had David Patton and David Givens too. Even Dion Branch, yeah, you know, dwarfed David Givens in terms of importance and memories. Yeah, David Patton, I always remember, just it wasn't, you know, I think what he had like 800 yards is like his biggest year with the Patriots, but just a reliable guy that played big in big games and, and stuff like that. Just a, one of those guys that you just need when you are when you have Super Bowl aspirations like those Patriots teams did, maybe not in 01, but 03, 04, just one of those guys that is just part of that right that those big moments and in, in a, a big time player in big moments and i, I always like david Patton a lot i think he's a good patriot so in all the years um evan that you go out and you do training camp yes right? he has he has a smirk he thinks i'm setting yes. him up yes um so in all the years that you do training camp um do you ever go out and see a guy and i'm talking specifically like a wide receiver but a player in general that you know not very little to nothing about and all of a sudden you just look and you say huh that guy can play. He's yeah. he's pretty good. David Patton was that guy for yeah. me in in that season in the 2001 season. I was like, he he's he's going to be. Good. I thought I thought Drew was going to throw bombs to him all year. Now obviously it didn't work out that <laughs> way, but I, I in I, your I, dreams it did. Yeah, and up here, yeah. can't take it away. Yeah, were there ever any guys like that? And you got to you got to make this quick because we have a special a guest special guest on I the line. I don't know. I I'm such a draft nerd that like I I kind of know you know everybody that that's cu- like humble brag. <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> no I'm, one's I'm, ever been on the training camp field. I didn't saying, know. I'm not saying that I th- that I think I'm right all the time about who's going to be good and who's not going to be teasing. good. I know, but I I think that you know I just I do, I do a lot of the prep work with the draft and, and stuff like that. But I think the one guy that that really. I just wasn't sure if he was going to be anything for the Patriots at, at all in terms of an NFL player. Was would probably be Jacoby Myers. Like I, I, I knew Jacoby. That, that's a good one. That's a good one. I knew you know I knew that he had, was productive at NC State. I knew that he had that Patriot. But it was apparent immediately. Yeah, this guy can play. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. All right. So the special guest. I I didn't think I could lose much more respect for uh, for Mike Dussault, but I think I just did. <laughs> Um, in Hawaii, calling into a, a Patriots unfiltered show. What is it like? Seven o'clock? Eight o'clock? I it's well, it is seven o'clock. But I gotta say, I got up at uh, I got up at six a.m. because you gotta go to there's this place called the Cinnamon Roll Place. That's what it's literally called. So anybody who knows me got up bright and early, and there's already a line around the corner. Uh, so yeah, I was uh, I was digging into a giant cinnamon roll about the size of my head when Matisse reached out. So I, I'm happy to uh, to call in. Oh, I didn't I didn't know I didn't know that Matisse I reached out. If, I said if he was up, he has to call in. So now now you're off the hook. Now you're not as big a loser. <laughs> as, as is I anybody made, more energetic than Deuce right now? And it's 7 a.m. where he is. Uh, 7 a.m. Oh, how many high noons? I know. Well, it's, that's the thing that's weird about Hawaii. Like everybody gets up early, and I don't know if that's just because everyone's on time change, but like. 
you know, mainland. Like I said, we were driving over. We're driving to the third place at six forty-five, and it's like you know people are out walking, walking their kids, running. I mean, it's just packed already. So, uh, yeah, it usually gets windy here too in Maui. So you, you got to get out early if you want to have a nice day. How many high noons do you have? Oh, they were they were they were flowing last night. They were flowing <laughs> last night for sure. Uh, it, it was fun. We went on a we went on a little uh, dolphin boat tour yesterday. Uh, oh, nice! Which uh, you know, for some of us, it was fun because we got to see uh, some dolphins. But for some a good majority, not to say a majority, but a significant chunk of the uh, population, unfortunately, they paid for three hours of seasickness, <laughs> and we're sitting in the bottom of the boat just. Throwing up the whole time. <laughs> As we were driving out wow. to see the dolphins, they like made this announcement like, you know, it's going to be a little bit rolly today, so uh, if you do get sick, go for distance, go off the boat. Uh, but they were great. They brought everybody buckets. I just, I was laughing because I'm like, these poor people probably thought they were going out to see dolphins, and, and instead they just paid to, to <laughs> sit and look at the bucket on the bottom of the boat for three hours. So what's on, uh, what's on the docket today? Well, I think it's a low-key day here. Um, just kind of checking out some uh, some beaches. I don't know. We don't really have anything planned today, which is kind of nice. Um, but yeah, we don't. We we, we, we kind of yesterday was the big planning day. So uh, no, it's been nice. I can't I can't believe I've been gone a week, but it feels like I've been gone a month. Cause, you know, we were in LA. Yeah, for it just feels days. like a day or two for us. I gotta tell you. <laughs> <laughs> today was the first day I missed you, and that was only because I had a host. <laughs> I was going to say, Paulie, that's what that, what I figured when I called in. I heard I, I didn't hear the uh, the magical uh, tone of Fred there. Hosting. Yeah, so no I, Fred. I you got stuck. We made T's come down, but uh, <laughs> you know we, we've actually uh, I, I have to give us a little bit of credit because yeah. I think we went a whole hour plus of just really football. all football. We all haven't even Patriots. talked about traffic yet or anything nope, like that. No, that's coming though. <laughs> Deuce, uh, give me give me a, a high and a low so far of your of your vacation. Oh, all right. That's a good one. Well, I would probably say the low was, was my oldest son, Tyson, unfortunately, being one of the uh, people that got a little seasick yesterday. So that was I knew you. I, 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 I knew that would have to be involved at some point. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm yeah, talking I mean, about. Both, both the kids had some struggles, uh, the plane, and, you know, so it's just been a little bit of a battle with all the travel we've been doing for them. Um, but, uh, but I just say the high point was like just finally getting here, and we got off the boat, and we went to we went to just an awesome lunch, and uh, you know just overlooking the water. And I mean, it's just it, it's you know it's a long flight to get to LA. It's a long flight to get here. So when you finally got here, it was kind of nice. So um, yeah, we settled in. I'm I'm standing here looking out upon the Pacific Ocean right now. So now I'm gonna enjoy my can't my be too bad here, and then uh, <laughs> I look forward to getting back. And and Paul, I'm glad to see you're on. Uh, on that critical email to uh, you know get some some evergreen moments for, for for the for the team and you know the work doesn't stop here. For, yeah, for I don't think I didn't notice how you like just sort of uh, separated from me on the first on the first one. I was like, we we did all the, we talked about all these things and then he just sends out an email I'm like what 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 happened was so I ended up I pulled that together for you so don't worry about it. I didn't uh, I didn't cut you loose like you did me. <laughs> I want to get the ball rolling. I knew I could count on you, though. You know, you're reliable. So yeah, we got I, that I meeting coming up at, at, at 2. So Yeah, yeah you won't be there. <laughs> so we got that to look forward to, which is not not not, not entirely nice. <laughs> so keep me posted. Yeah, All right, so before sure. we let you go, Deuce, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, yeah, yeah. they signed him or not? Oh, did they? No, will they? <laughs> did they? <laughs> oh, oh, I was trying to pull an Eric there as if I had nothing. Um, I don't know, guys. I'm starting to feel like it's a no for me, dog. But I, I don't know. I felt positive going out. I haven't really put much thought into it while I've been out here. I've been trying to get away. But I'm going to say right now, I'm feeling like they're going to roll with what they got. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, I do still watch the, the news. news. All right, Deuce. <laughs> get back, uh, Deuce, go, go get to, the back to your cinnamon yeah. buns. 
and hey, uh, and enjoy Aloha. enjoy the rest Aloha. of your trip. Bye, learn that. Mahalo. Thank you. Mahalo. I hope you go to a luau, Deuce. When are you back? <laughs> how, how dare you? Uh, I'll be back on the show uh, next Thursday. So you got you got this uh, what, oh, Thursday show, wow. and then I'm back for the next one. Oh, that's right, because we don't have a show next Tuesday. Yeah. Fred doesn't. Fred's not going to make me do a show on the fourth, right? Oh no, we're okay. that's a company holiday. Okay, good. Yeah. All right, Deuce. Thanks for chiming Thanks, in. Thanks, Deuce. Yeah, yeah. All right, love you, mean it. Yeah, uh, wish I could say the same. Anyway, uh, why don't we just move right along to Aaron in Kentucky? Uh, Aaron in Kentucky is that a new caller? No, does he call all the time? Aaron. Hey. Hey, what's going on? All right. Uh, all right. Why don't you call us right back, Aaron? Obviously, your uh, your cell was in a bad spot there, but uh, despite Deuce's. Uh, Trials and tribulations on uh, really, on his dolphin really, watch. Really positive attitude. I knew he Deuce. was. I knew he was making fun of one of his kids because that's all he ever does. <laughs> I knew. I knew for sure that one of his kids was involved in that. Dolphins are uh, not high on my list of animals that uh, that I like. They, really? What do you mean? Who doesn't like dolphins? Well, Google Evan, it. Evan Lazar. Google it. You never went to the Bahamas and Just, kissed a dolphin. I I did that actually in Mexico oh. when I was a kid. There's a picture of it somewhere. D- you know, deep in the Lazar household. Yeah, I always thought dolphins protected humans, like in the in the like they steer like divers away from trouble. Dolphins, and stuff like uh, that. especially male dolphins, not not safe for air. Well, you Google Re- it. Really? Yep. Okay. There you go. All right. Huh? I'm but not, I'm not going to Google it, but I'm going to ask him as soon as the show's okay. over. But it's cool to, I mean, you know, you go on one of those things, like whale watches, dolphins. I've been on a whale watch. Whale you're not 100% suck. guaranteed to see anything. No. So the fact that it sounds like Deuce might have seen some stuff yeah, is cool. Yeah, I did. I went on a whale watch, and it was fun. It was We saw, uh, like, a couple the, of whales. They're too it was long. Yeah. They're way too long. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not a huge uh, ocean guy. You know, especially after the stuff that just adds. Ocean's scary as hell. I, I don't go in. Well, now you get these stories about the orcas. They're like... Listen, uh, I'll, intentionally I'll go, attacking boats. I'll stuff. go swimming, but I'm not going past the break. Oh I, no, I I'm not. Do I don't do the ocean. My toes need to touch no. the ground. I don't do the ocean, especially around here. I mean, like how many? Every summer there's a shark off the cape yeah. or something like that. I don't like, do the ocean. I used to every surf year on the cape, around this time, you get that overhead shot of one of the beaches yeah. down the cape, and you see like you know teeth out there. Not you know his his feet <laughs> are touching the ground, <laughs> and it's like a great white like two feet away right. that he has no idea about. Yeah, and then the the, the, oh, the seals, guys in the paddle board. The seals are like right up. On, oh, yeah, on no. the beach now because like the sharks are well, twenty feet behind. I would them. not be in the water if I saw a seal, right? Because no. I know why the seals are there. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the in the Caribbean, the ocean is so clear yeah. that you can see everything. So I'm a little bit more okay with that. But around here or like in the Pacific, you know, uh, West Coast, Hawaii, LA, like I don't do I do pools. Yeah, I, I, f- I can I see the bottom. The, it's great. I forget what the the distance was, but my wife, you know. Before she met me, and she actually had a life, um, she she uh, had gone scuba diving and stuff, and she was certified to do that. And she used to do it uh, all the time up here. Yeah. Um, and then she was down in the Caribbean, and they canceled the dive because the visibility was, like, only 50 feet or, or 100 feet. Some kind, I, I don't know the number, so, yeah. like, don't call me a fraud for making up. I don't know what the actual number was, but she was, like, you know, we we dive all the time, you know, and it's like, you know, less than 50 feet in, <laughs> in, in like Rockport. And the guy was like, yeah, if there's a great white within 100 feet of you, you want to know. Yeah. And they were like, OK, well, that's good enough. Because you know, that's like the thing. at the time you didn't have to worry about that. Up right. Here, right. On the North Shore. If it's you went too cold, but it was so 
cloudy and murky, but you didn't have to worry about sharks. Well, on the Cape, now you do. On the Cape, they have the, uh, the biplanes going by for the shark sightings. We saw them go by last summer, and then uh, my friend was like, you're going to be called out of the water in 10 minutes. And lifeguard, sure enough, called everybody out because the shark was tagged, and they caught him on They the, knew where he yeah. was. And then <sighs> another time, it happened twice last summer. Another time, the plane spotted it, and he wasn't tagged. So then the boats came up and tagged it. So it's scary stuff. <laughs> It's not like Zoe. Did you ever listen to Zoe talk about it on Beetle and, <laughs> Beetle and Zoe? He's like infatuated with the shark attack. It's yeah, because that's I I know what you're talking about. He, every summer he I'm telling you I just but I don't do dismiss that stuff it. in your own time. I don't it's dismiss it. Accident. You know, you notify the Coast Guard. We go on the vineyard and you know the there's the Jaws Bridge right, which is like the actual bridge that they shot the scenes yep. at, and you know uh, well. and people just are swimming. Uh, like right by you know they're jumping off the jaws bridge into the ocean right there i'm like did you not see the movie like th- <laughs> like this is like this is you a, can't pretend that you saw the movie it doesn't hold up it we, does, know, we know your feelings on the movie the it greatest doesn't. movie ever so you know you scroll on on like my videos on facebook and stuff like that and uh and the the scene where they first like in, interact with the shark and it like attacks the boat and everything like that it comes up and i'm just like stand by it stand by what i said like oh and like the wife calls right oh we'll be we'll be in in a minute honey or something like that like come on like this is no doesn't hold up i hate sharks they're scary as hell (laughs) (sighs) i would listen i i was young when i saw jaws for the first time i was probably too young to see jaws do you not like it or you do like it i it's a nostalgic movie it it has its place in history I, i understand like your technical from the technical words that you say doesn't hold up yes it was made in the mid 70s right and there's a lot of mid 70s ish things to the mo- so i understand what you're talking but like to say that like the the movie itself isn't great like oh it, no it's a great piece of cinema history it's a great movie yeah it's a good movie it's, it's a great know. story it's a great movie like I mean, I'm in, I, I'm obsessed yes. with the movie. Uh, you know, with with Mike and and Hardy and I spend way too much. I'm sure that people will com- complain about the amount of time that we spend talking about it on pregame shows. <laughs> um, but it to know the story behind the scenes of like they couldn't get the shark to work. They did all the work with the shark, the mechanical shark yeah, yeah. in a in a pool. And when they put it in the ocean, the salt water <laughs> caused it to malfunction. It couldn't. It wouldn't work. Yeah. So that was why Spielberg chose to show the shark so infrequently because they had no choice. It didn't work. So they had to sort of shoot around it. And it ended up to me being like one of the best parts of the movie is you were afraid of this thing that you could only feel. Right. You couldn't see it until, you know, Chief is throwing the chum in the water and you're going to need to bring a boat. Like that's the first time you see the shark. I will admit that. Changed horror. Friday the 13th was based off that. Right. I will admit See? the uh, See? no no no. I'm I'm gonna say something nice about Jaws. I will admit <laughs> that the suspense uh, that the that they build up the tension that they build up is still to this day maybe the most tense movie that that you ever watch. Like but, just but the shark just kept ramming itself into the boat and it sunk the boat. Like yeah, it, it was awesome. Yeah, it was very tense movie. I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give you that. You're not going to the ocean. You're not going to the ocean this summer. No, I'm not oh, going. Oh, no. I'm with him on that. No, nah, come no. on. I have not been a big fan of the ocean because of that, and I'm not lying. I saw that movie when I was probably like eight years old down the Cape, and I did not 
go in the ocean the rest of the, ah, the trip. I mean, one of the scariest things, I was at, uh, visiting my friend at the vineyard. It was during Shark Week. Watched Jaws, and I got caught in a riptide. That was oh god, that was yeah. that was awful. No. <laughs> it didn't go in the water. Rest a lot of, the of people getting caught in riptides doesn't end well. Oh, you have no. to get rescued. No, I just let it take you out, swim sideways. Swim sideways. You, you do, yeah, that's that's what they that's tell you. Right. Sw- yeah. Swim parallel to the shore. I was fine until you're out of the. Yeah, I was fine. It was more just kind of like in the back of my head. I was just shook about it being Shark Week, and I'm in on the vineyard. <laughs> like, <Wow>. come on. <laughs> hey, look, it's the Jaws Bridge. You know what? We should do swim. Like, no, it's a terrible <laughs> idea. You got you got Marine Corps cracking up at the other. It's horrible. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, like I said, I so when Will Will was like four or five years old, and you know Jaws is on like four thousand times. You know TNT. Well, but you could see it on anything. It was on one of the movie channels. And I, it's Shawshank Redemption to me, the, the, you know, the Godfather. There's 10, 12 movies that I get Shawshanked. If I put it on and it's on, I'm in. And I can't stop. Jaws is one of them. I think Jaws is better than Shawshank, okay. just for the record. Uh, well, Jaws is much better than Shawshank. Yeah. Shawshank's great, though. But, it, yeah. It's good so movie. it's on. And, I'm, you know, with, with like I think my wife was at work. And I got the kids. And like I said, Will was only like four, five years old, like far too young to be watching <laughs> that, right? So we're watching it, and now he's into it. And you know, like you know enough about my son without really even knowing him, <laughs> how talkative and inquisitive he is. So he's like asking me all kinds of questions. And now it's getting to the point where the, the boat's going down, and Quint's gonna go, right? So, you know, Quint uh, dies. What? So, no, so I'm a uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> so I'm like we're playing with Legos or something, and I'm like I I distract him. And while I distract him doing something, I change the channel so he doesn't see that. Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, he's a kid. So, like, it was 10 minutes later before he realized. I go back and, like, the credits are rolling, right? So it's over. And he's like, well, what, did, 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 what happened? I go, well, no, they ended up, you know, you remember that, that, that gas tank that they had, yeah. you know, for the air? Uh, the chief shot it and the shark blew apart, and that was the end of the movie. <laughs> and that's what I told him. So, like, fast forward, like, three weeks later. <laughs> he he somehow stumbled upon it on his own because again you know when they're on the movie channels they're constantly yeah. on yeah. that channel he saw it on his own he's like, you lied to me <laughs> Quint died he got eaten by the shark he was pissed he was so pissed and Beth is just looking at me like you, 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 you let him watch Jaws you <laughs> showed our four year old son Jaws and, and again I say this often when I tell stories about the way Beth looks at me it's not the only time I get that look frequently <laughs> from her, like, you did what? Yeah, so uh, Will was probably like four when he saw Quint get eaten by yeah. a shark. Did it not freak him out? Uh, but he's he's a big horror, sh- uh, loves the horror movies. See, uh, I'm not a horror movie guy. I hate him. We, we all saw Jaws too young. Like, that, everybody See, has their story of seeing Jaws movie. too young. Like, this, like yeah. I, I'm not big on the gore. Right. Like, Friday the 13th, when I saw that, to, to use Matt's, like, I literally... I saw that like three houses down from me in the middle of the day. I ran home <laughs> from that kid's house <laughs> as fast as I've ever run in my life. Wait, is that someone's with uh, what's his name, right? Jason. Jason. Okay, so I the hockey mask. What's the one with? Uh, you ran home because of the nudity, Paul. Let's not play it. <laughs> that's just that's just that's just silly. Now you're being silly. Uh, I mean, that was one of those like everybody went like everybody did that like forever. Just to try to freak you out. What's the one with um, with Jamie Lynn Curtis? What, what, what That's t- Halloween. Right. Halloween. So my uh, my sister's husband's a big horror movie guy, and we watched that in a cabin in Vermont 
on his bachelor uh, party weekend. So you're in this cabin yeah. in Vermont. Not, that's not, not for me. In the middle of the woods. And you're watching a movie about I'm a guy that's out in the cabin in the woods without watching what, any right. of that. I, I slept with the lights on. I was terrified. I was like, oh my goodness, this is like, I'm so bad with horror movies. I, I can't do it. Jack in Ann Arbor, though, he says that uh, Shawshank is much better than Jaws. And he said, it's not even close. Shawshank's great. I love Shawshank. Yeah, it's not Jaws, but it's a great movie. It's good. It's a great movie. Which one Sorry. you think is what on? What say you, fussy britches? Wh- which one's on more TV? Like I think Shawshank. I think Shawshank. Yeah. Shawshank is on constantly. Yeah. I, I don't know. I actually met somebody like a year ago that had never seen Shawshank, and I didn't believe him. I, I've, I've I didn't seen, believe him I've because I think Godfather. it's impossible. You brought The Godfather, oh, wow. but I've never seen The Godfather. Well, I'll still let you be friends with me. <laughs> the uh, Godfather is great. If you like, I watched The Godfather for the first time when I was like sick, like home with the flu oh, or something like six. that. Yeah. No, no, I was like 16 and I got the flu and I had to like stay home from school and I just watched, like, you know, it's because it's four hours. So, yeah. like, it's just a great, like, you know, one of those types of it's you got to watch it. I though. think that's it's the thing. Classic. I just like it's four hours. But, it's, but it's, it's it's long, but it's worth it. You, you don't, it doesn't feel like four hours. It's that good. All right, I'll give it a yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you get like, this would have been a perfect time because it's been raining every day, especially on the weekends. You could veg out and watch that. Well, I finished Grey's Anatomy, so one I and, can do one that. One and two. <laughs> I, I can't believe that you went out of your way to watch. Like, I'm not saying – I'm not making it – everybody listening knows that I'm not making fun of the fact that he watched Grey's Anatomy. But to go out of your way to stream it – Yeah. That, it was it on seems, Netflix. It just seems, got on Netflix. seems excessive. Yeah. yeah. I watched it so long that there was a character named Matisse. That's how long it's been. <laughs> they ran out of names. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to the phones. Uh, Andrew in L.A. will probably be our last caller of the show. Andrew. Hey, what's up, boys? How we doing? Yeah, Jaws is a fantastic movie, especially that scene with Quint on the boat when he's talking about the sub going down. Oh, yeah. spoiler alert. Or the, or the ship. The U.S. Yeah. S. Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's like my favorite scene. And, and I think in like the behind-the-scenes thing, the um, the yeah. other actors were like, blown away by his I, performance in I that think one. you're so right I, I think I think he was I think he did that in one take and I think yeah. he was drunk which was a Robert yeah, Shaw I, staple at the time evidently right yeah that was part of his calling card yeah so that's just a fantastic movie but um speaking of sharks and, and being in Hawaii so me and my me and my wife are gonna go there in the in the uh in September for our anniversary and she's like oh let's do a, a shark dive there and I'm like well okay like that sounds cool it's probably not that crazy and i'm like it's not like they're chumming the waters to get the sharks there right and she's like no they're chumming the waters i'm like oh okay well it's probably not like they're crazy big sharks where they're doing that and she's like yeah probably not it's probably just like some sand sharks and i look it up and it's like oh yeah bull sharks and like tiger sharks around there i'm like uh well at least it's probably a cage it's like no it's free diving and i'm like i i've seen jaws i'm I out i don't think i really want to go in there yeah, I'm with you, Andrew. No, no interest in that. That yeah. doesn't doesn't excite me in any way. Not, none of that three no. s- thrill seeking stuff really does it for me. No, I'm just I'd rather no. live. No, I'm, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to channel my inner Evan. And I'm just saying I got some film to watch. I'll break down <laughs> that. Now that gonna, is thrill. I'm going to break down the all twenty two. That is. I have no interest Wait, whatsoever in going shark Did you, did you shark hear hunting. the big news about the all twenty two? No, I, I did saw, not. I saw it on They're Twitter. now going to give us four angles instead of just two. Oh, the possibilities so, are endless. So really, the big one, the big one is the wide end zone angle. So now you're going to get the all 
11 from the end zone instead of just the offensive line you get the whole wide angle of the end zone which is really really and really i think that's what we've all been clamoring for tees right yeah totally it's getting hot in here i'm a big all 22 guy you know it's getting hot here yeah so nfl teams have always had this like they've always had it this way but obviously the public does not so the public is now going to have access to the wide end zone angle which gets me andrew yay or nay on uh, d hop um I think that it's like time to kind of put up or shut up with Mac. So I think that that would be probably the best option for the team going forward. Because if it's not going to happen with Hopkins, then it's not going to happen because it's not like you're just going to, you're not going to have a Tyree Kill or an AJ Brown fall into your lap. So it's best to just get the best asset on the market and just put them into the system and see if Mac can actually play quarterback at a, at a top 10 level. Um, That would be my, my opinion on it. I don't know about you guys. No, I think we're all in agreement. We're all in agreement. Yeah. You got to get a segment on Felgren uh, Maz with uh, on Celtics talk. So Paul, that was fantastic last week. You 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 really missed your calling with being a, a basketball analyst. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people would disagree with you. On Pe- that. People do not. No, I- some people really don't like it when we talk Celtics they, on the pod. They don't. And uh, you know the 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 Marcus Smart thing. Yeah, I'll tell you. I tease our, my colleagues in on the Patriots beat. We are all Woodward and Bernstein <laughs> by comparison to the Celtics oh crowd. Oh, no. My God. The amount of people who had restless nights in the aftermath of the Marcus Smart trade <laughs> astounded me that, that a grown adult would say something like that. Someone said that? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> like I, I, I really had trouble with this. I, I, I had trouble with this all night. Uh, I like the the dynamic of the team is cha- like it's unbelievable. The more yeah, that the more like, you would have thought like Brady, Brady you left. thought it was like when yeah. Brady left. The more time that yep. has passed since the trade, I the more I think that this is like one of those. I'm trying to think of a Patriots comparison, and I can maybe you can help. Like one of those times when the leadership like the voice in the locker room needed to change, like the leadership needed to change. And the only way for that shakeup to happen was to take Marcus Smart's voice out of the locker room so that hopefully the Jays now take over the mantle of the leadership and, yeah, and totally run with it. I totally agree. I totally agree. Lawyer Malloy is the only thing I could think of. Uh, yeah, that's not a bad one. Yeah. That's not a bad yeah. one. Except Lawyer actually won a championship. So, yeah, Oh, good. Wow. Shade. And I'm the one that always <laughs> takes the shots at poor Marcus. Uh, and the the one thing that I did say, you know, like I was talking to someone over the weekend about Smart, like by all accounts, a fantastic guy. Yeah. Like does tons yeah. for charity uh, in the hospitals uh, with children, I think camps. He'll be, he'll be back eventually too, I think. Well, I think he's already did like his own camp. Like, So I don't have anything bad to say about the person. No. Did you, no. Did I just didn't really enjoy watching Cousy. him play basketball. Did you see the article from Kuzi? Uh, I did. Uh, Bob Cousy was uh, that was very funny, actually. I don't, did you see those comments? I saw some of them. I don't know. Like, so I, I've I've talked to some people I take about Cousy in general, and evidently Cousy hates all all quote unquote point guards. He doesn't like any of them. Well, because they don't really play point guard anymore. The way he wants them to. Right. I don't know. Like, I love Bob Cousy for what I know of Bob Cousy. I'm not gonna. I'm 30 oh, years yeah. old. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I saw Bob Cousy play basketball. No, but I. I, I didn't even come close yeah. to seeing him play back. But at, at the same time, it's like, do I really care about 95-year-old Bob Cousy's opinion on a Celtics trade? Like, I don't know. It doesn't 
regardless if it was a positive or negative take, I'm not sure I it was I both. really needed that. It was both. Yeah. He was he was kind of positive on smart, and he was kind of negative on smart, like with the point guard thing. But yeah. I had uh, l- listening to Michael Holly talk about it a little bit last night on one of one of my shows. Yeah. Um, and he was saying, like, he remembers talking to Kuzi when he was covering the Celtics, and he he hated all point guards. Yeah. Well, they, there's <laughs> the the actual Bob Kuzi point guard, like, doesn't exist anymore no. in the NBA. Chris Paul's, no. like, the closest thing. That was the closest. Yeah. 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 Paul's the That's closest what they were thing. talking about on the, on that show Yeah, last and night. even he, like, doesn't really play anymore. So, you no, know, because he's, he's not, washed. He's a shell so, of himself. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Andrew, enjoy your, uh, your right. holiday weekend. Uh you too, buddy. Yeah, we're wrapping up here uh, today. Uh, any uh, any plans for the fourth before we put a bow on? I this? think I'm spending the fourth with with Barth, with my my other half. Oh, look Good at that! Down at uh, they really do do everything together. Yeah, they really do. Which so the fourth we, is one we day we here, always do. But we are here on Thursday. We'll do it again on Thursday. Yes. At the very minimum, the three of us. Will, yep. will you be here, Tease? Yeah, I'll, All right. I'll say. So at the very minimum, the three of us. Matt, you'll be here. Um, and w- will we have a Catch-22 Thursday? Yes, or you guys? We oh, well, so that's a special treat. Yes. You get to listen to Evan Lazar call me names when I'm not <laughs> listening because he's smart enough to know that I do not listen to Catch-22. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I deserve that. <laughs> All right, so we'll be back on Thursday. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.